everybody. A lot of people forget. Um, last night I learned um, from uh, Pat Monahan from Train that Bob Saget had died. He was the first one you to contact me. Pat Monahan of Train emailed me immediately. I had no idea that Bob Saget, the comedian, had died. Well, I saw and it first um, sometime last evening, so it hadn't been announced earlier. Just I don't when think in the day, just when everyone was—I mean, I, I would say the internet was abuzz with the story of Robin Quivers hugging the Sydney Poitier when she met him, where there was almost a romance there. Um, <laughs> you, you know, wanted us all to be abuzz. <laughs> Right. Where did the, that come from? Well, you know, I was refle- I was going to reflect on the death of Sidney Poitier, the famous actor. But now Bob Saget died. And while Sidney Poitier might have had bigger accomplishments in terms of show business, being the first black man to really, you know, break through, if you want to put it that way, and also as many great accomplishments as an actor, uh, the guy, was, Sidney Poitier wasn't even born in this country. He had a very thick kind of Jamaican or some one of those Caribbean country accents. Bahamian, I think, is what he is. Bahamas. And, Bahamian. Uh, <laughs> I'm from the Bahamas. And uh, he, had a very, he had a very thick accent, Sidney Poitier. So um, he studied the voices of announcers, famous announcers, and he learned to speak um, a better English, shall we say. And he got rid of the accent and uh, became a very famous actor. And at, at a time when there weren't a lot of roles for black people in film, he succeeded. And he was a breakthrough kind of guy. But the real story was when Robin met Sidney Poitier, I've never forgotten well, well, this. Well, let's start from the beginning. The he, reason Robin is the way she is is because of Sidney Poitier. She, I fashioned my own personality based on who he played in the movie. For four years, Robin was known as Robin Poitier. I never took his name. <laughs> no, but I called you Robin Poitier because I knew all well, of this. In all of the obituaries, they said, the regal Sidney Poitier. And I said, yeah, and that's why my nickname is Queen Quivers, because I took on that royal kind oh, of did you attitude ever. that who are you? <laughs> Remember when I used to call you Robin Ophelia Poitier? Uh, because you were so much like Sidney Poitier, I said, I'm going to... <laughs> you but, never but, knew what was going on. You didn't know it was Sidney uh, who influenced Oh, me. I knew that he <laughs> he met Robin on some sort of red carpet. This much I know. And he came over. Now, I don't know if it's because Robin had once humped a man in a hospital bed and he <laughs> sensed that there was opportunity there. But he hugged Robin. And Robin broke my hand. Yes, he did. Like I was a queen. He kissed my hand. And he wanted you. I remember that. (laughs) But you did not go there. You kept him as a friend. I was with another guy at the time. (laughs) Well, you met him at the Rainforest concert in 1997. And I remember that Sidney Poitier was very complimentary of your acting in private parts. He felt Mm -hmm. you were, uh, you should have won Best Supporting Actress that year. (laughs) Well, he didn't say that. Well, I could tell he wanted to say that. I think he felt funny saying it, but I could see it in his eyes. And uh, and then he hugged you and kissed your hand. And, uh, and he I said, think, oh, we should work together. Absolutely. 
And then he ran away and she never heard from him and, again. And I didn't say a word <laughs> because I was like, oh, my God, this is Sydney Portier. Well, I always felt the two of you. I was trying to write you to a film, but I never got around to it. But, yes, the two of you should have worked together. It's con- I consider it a great crime that you didn't uh, work together. But, anyway, Sydney Poitier also, if you remember, Jamie Foxx, when he was on our show, told us a great story. The story was that Jamie Foxx was up for the Academy Award for playing... Ray, Ray did a great job. Did Ray Charles. That's right. Ray Charles. And uh, as Jamie describes it, he was kind of uh, blowing off the Oscars in the sense that you have to campaign for an Oscar. Right. And Jamie, Jamie was kind of like, you know, what? fuck this. I'm not sitting and kissing anybody's ass for the Oscar. I'm not going to sit and campaign. And uh, Oprah said, you better uh, come over to my house, Jamie Foxx. And Oprah Oprah walked in and uh, she said, uh, I want you to meet someone. And then I'll let Jamie Foxx uh, here. Let him tell the story. That tells it so great because Jamie Foxx is a genius. This guy even does a Sidney Poitier impression. It's so good. Listen to this. Oprah says, "Okay, you want to you want to meet who you're supposed to meet here? I said, yeah, he's right there. And it was Sidney Poitier. I was going to say, I bet you they brought out Sidney Poitier. Standing in in a tuxedo. Wow. And the classiest guy ever. Yeah, he says. I said, hello, Mr. Porte, I saw you one time. You were at the party. Do you remember that? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm well enough. He says, he says, I want to give you one thing. I want to give you responsibility. When I saw your performance, it made me grow two inches. I was like, so I break down. Everybody sits me down. It was actually Sidney Poitier's birthday. Wow. They made me understand the significance of it. Like, like the history of it. Because they said Sidney did it and it was it was a it was a it's character that we could it was groundbreaking and it was a character that we could all embrace. Ray Charles is also a character that we can embrace. You know, sometimes in the Oscars, the characters that, that they award sometimes are a little fractured. This and, is bigger than you. Yeah, it's way bigger. He's right. I know what he means. There were certain um performances, you know, you don't necessarily love the the topic or the actor. You well, do. it's like They're, Denzel Washington in in Training Day. He was right. reprehensible, right? But it was it's a great easy. performance. Right, but with Ray, you could embrace Ray. Everyone loved yeah. Ray Charles. He's a sweet man, uh, or at least the super talented one for sure. But well, anyway, I mean, uh, he he did just an incredible job of portraying Ray Charles. That's a tough job. Sidney Poitier, first black performer to win an Oscar for Best Actor. That was for uh, Lilies of the Field. I remember that movie. And then um, it took 39 years, 39 fucking years for another black actor to win Best Actor. That was Denzel Washington, as Robin points out, for Training Day. But, uh, you know, it took a long time. So, anyway, uh, I believe Robin should have worked with Sidney Poitier. This is more, it's well, not so much about... the other things that Sidney did. Sidney, in a time when this was just impossible to do he became uh the highest paid actor the biggest box office actor in one year he did three blockbuster movies yes but this is more about you you sh- you were robbed you should have had an acting experience with Sidney Poitier it was put <laughs> out there for some reason someone didn't pick up on it and not your fault uh, Sidney Portier wants to talk to Robin. Yes, Mr. Portier. <laughs> Robin, 
I never forgot about that day. Many, many a night I would pleasure myself to that chance encounter. Is this right, Desmond a... Tutu? Or <laughs> yeah, that was not good. I hung up. I had a feeling someone <laughs> scrambled to invent a Sidney Poitier impression. More wasn't Desmond even, Tutu. <laughs> wasn't close. Who, who did that impression? Get on here. I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> who was that? Who felt confident Bullshit. in that? No one is stepping forward. All oh, right. no. Remain like anonymous. the firing squad. Step forward. Yeah, coward. <laughs> coward. How dare you? Somebody threw together a quick Sydney Poitier impression. and uh, Who approved that? Did somebody listen to that? Or did somebody just say, I have a Sydney Poitier. Let me on. Somebody went around me. I'll tell you that. There's gonna be... <laughs> I'm going to have to look into this. Full investigation. Uh, anyway, um, all right, it was worth a try. It was worth a try. But anyway, there, there's the famous story. Robin not only almost made out with Cindy Poitier on the red carpet at the... the uh, well, the show the, started again, so... They... <laughs> right, and then uh, she so was... he had to go back to his seat. We should work together. Well, let me tell you, should have happened. It should have happened. Didn't happen, but I just but am happy it. to have met him. He had such a big influence on my life. I even got angry at him one time. You know, like, Sydney fell out of favor with the black community. Uh, not this black man. Sudden... I always, not this black man. I always <laughs> stuck with him. I <laughs> never was anti Sydney Poitier. You knew. Uh, right. Even I was guilty of this. Um, you know, the civil rights movement was heating up and now getting to the more black power militant kind of uh, stance. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, he was called into question for all of the roles he had played where he made white people look good. Mm. Yeah. And I, I remember once going to a movie, feeling so good about white people when I left the movie that I held the door at the drugstore for this little old white lady <laughs> so she could get in because she was so frail. And I said, let me be nice to her because, you know, Sydney just showed me, you know, not everybody's terrible. And this woman scowled at me, scowled at me and never said thank you and looked at me like, yes, you're supposed to open this door. And mm. that's when I turned on Sydney Portia. Well, like, you are Sydney, a traitor. You're lying to us about white people. You are a traitor. I oh, I saw that same movie, and I I opened the door for a white lady after that movie, and I felt good about it, even though she scowled well, at later, me. Later, see, you're smarter than me. Later, I realized right. it's not about what her reaction was; it's what my actions are that matter. That's right. That's right. That's right. And as you mentioned, a, a great advocate for racial justice, he took part in the 1963 March on Washington, where Martin oh, yeah. Luther King Jr. gave his "I Have a Dream" speech. Which you were not at. I was so, not. Uh, I was not old enough to go with Sydney at that time. My mother wouldn't no. let me. <laughs> but also, so, did you know that in in, uh, in the movie In the Heat of the Night, he did not want to go down south to do that film. You know, Norman Jewison, who was the um, director, wanted to film it in the south, and he was like, "I'm not going. What are you crazy? <laughs> we're not shooting this in the south." But he did go down there for a few days to get some, I guess, some scenes done or something. And then he fought for the reaction when the Klansman slaps him across the face. I, mm. I don't think he was supposed to slap him back. And he oh. says, there's no way I'm, I'm not 
responding to that. Wow, and well, so he fought for that uh, ad lib. I see. Well, Robin, uh, you have a long, rich history with Sidney Poitier, and uh, we congratulate you on almost working with him and the hug <laughs> and the hand kiss. Uh, it's exciting news. Now, I, was, I do want to mention. It, I'm so sorry it was not commemorated on camera. I also want to mention the death of John Madden because JD's very broken up about it. I am not a big sports fan. That's no secret if you listen to this show. I don't watch a lot of sports, but one of the guys I really like, whenever I'd watch a football game, I, I like John Madden. I liked uh, listening to his commentary. I felt like he came off um, as a guy who could explain things to me, uh, and and he seemed like a, a real authority. He seemed to know his stuff. Again, I'm an amateur. I don't know anything. Well, so, his, uh, he was a coach, and he actually was the guy who started highlighting the guys who help the play happen. You know, like when you see a great running back have a good run, it's because of blockers up front who, you know, get other people out of his way or the defensive line that protects the quarterback. He would show you and pinpoint the guys who were really making that stuff happen. He had that little pen where he'd circle things on the screen. I yeah, like that. Yeah, he had that board, the X's and O's. Excuse me, I got to take care of something real quick and we'll get right back to John Madden. Okay. Uh, listen, fake Sidney Poitier, what's your problem? <laughs> listen to me. You are one rude motherfucker. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I have died. My Who is this? Are deteriorating. This I see. Is you're like. I sound like this. Oh, so you're dead, Sidney Poitier, and that's why you sound so different from living Sidney Poitier. Is that your excuse? Oh, correct. Yes, I and see. you're very rude. You're a big nosed prick. How dare you? Speak to me, the great Sidney Poitier, this way. Well, you sound more like, um, as Robin pointed out, Desmond Tutu or, or something <laughs> like that. Like when I, I remember well, we did. What, what an honor. What an honor to sound like Sir Desmond Tutu. You should be so lucky. By the way, on our phone is a worse Sidney Poitier impression <laughs> than this one. Yes. Uh, hello, Sidney number I doubt two. It. Hello. I wouldn't consider it to be a worse. Uh, Sydney Poitier. I actually think I sound more like the one and only Sydney Poitier. And Robin, I'd like to tell you when we did. No, this is the real Sydney Poitier. And Robin, when we did meet, I did. I had a semi erection, and that's a fact. (laughs) And Robin, you can attain to that. You can attest to that. Correct. Which is disgusting. Uh, I, I can't actually say that, Sydney. I'm sorry. Sydney, you. I don't know. I think uh, this woman doesn't protest. Sydney number two, you say you love Robin's tits and you had a boner when you Ooh. hugged her that night on the red carpet. Oh, no, 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 a semi, a semi, but I did love those breasts, that's for sure. <laughs> and the <laughs> reason you wanted to work with her is you felt you would seduce her, I guess. Oh, yes, I wanted to seduce her and have intercourse with her several times in my trailer. Well, this is dueling bad Sydney's. One is worse than the other. Get this oh, man off uh, well, He sounds take, nothing like me. I All take right. offense to that because as Sidney Poitier, you should... All right. Thank you. <laughs> two, two people I but should fire. He is not... <laughs> well, you know, in the new Spider-Man film, there's many Spider-Mans from different universes. What you just heard was Sidney Poitier from several different universes. Have you seen the new Spider-Man? No, I just know about it. I know about everything. Ah. Um, 
Oh, here is a worse Sydney Portier impression. Oh my! Hello. <laughs> How hey, you? Howard, how you doing? It's the worst. It's, it's the worst Sydney Portier impression. How you doing? What's going on? What's going Here's on with Sydney you, Portier. Robin? I mean, you know, Howard. Well, how could you let these imposters on your show? I mean, these guys are all shitheads. Get them off the phone. I mean, Robin, I remember seeing you at that red car, but you look beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you. And uh, you wanted to work with Robin, I understand. I did want to work with Robin. It was a uh, it was an cr- incredible experience meeting her. She, you know, as I as you said before, she she did incredible in private parts. I loved her acting. And by the way, I want to compliment you for your uh, winning an Oscar as a black man. Uh, that's a very, very incredible thing. Yeah. Well, how about uh, it, it, congratulating him for winning an Oscar because he's a great actor? How is it as um, <laughs> a, as a man to, who who was the first black actor to win an Oscar? How was that for you? How did you feel that night? I mean, it, it was great, but I could tell you this: that the, the greatest accomplishment of my li- accomplishment, I'm sorry, of my life would definitely be working with Robin and those giant tits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Poitier, thank you. But frankly, I enjoyed the third impression the best. I thought Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was more the spirit of the of Yeah. He seemed to capture the essence of City Poitier. <laughs> Maybe the impression wasn't that good, but he got his whole The greatest thing about meeting Sidney Poitier was that he rushed over to me. I was not go I would never right. have approached him. And he rushed over and he said, My dear lady <laughs> Really? I loved you. I love your work. And uh, we should work together. It's such an honor to meet you. We should work together. Wow. Good Lord. I was like, well, that that just happened? You know, the guy I was dating, he was in the restroom. And when he came back, I said, you're just not going to believe what just happened to me. What a waste. I mean, too bad the guy you were dating didn't see that. It would have, like, turned him off. I know. I'd have a witness, and I'd have maybe a photograph, but nothing. You should have said to that guy, you're useless. (laughs) Yeah, well, I did eventually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was it the guy with the camera every minute, that guy? No, 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 no. no, no, Okay. Oh, my God. If Sidney Poitier had come over when he was there, Sidney Poitier would still be with him, probably. Did, was Sidney aware that night of your entire body of work, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh, I remember that <laughs> performance. I mean, did, or did he just know you from private parts? He only knew me from po- private parts, thank goodness. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I loved you in French Prince of Bel-Air. I thought it was captivating. French Prince. Yeah, I was better in that one. <laughs> the French Prince of Bel-Air you were in. <laughs> Well, you were also in Deadly Web. I, I hope yeah. Mr. Poitier yeah. got You're to see that. You're giving all of my acting credentials now? Yeah, why not? Why not? There was a period <laughs> of time you were on a roll. You were like uh, you were like Keanu Reeves. I mean, you were in everything. <laughs> I had my it, moment. Yeah. Well, good for you, Robin. And uh, this is more about you than... Oh. Anyway, so uh, that was Sidney Poitier. And I was talking about uh, John Madden. Yes. John Madden, again, I like that thing he used, the pen. Now you see other guys. Telestrator. Remember, that's what it was called. Telestrator. Telestrator. And you even got one for the Channel 9 show. Absolutely. Where I could um, circle the action on our show. (laughs) And uh, John Madden, he he was a coach. He stopped coaching at 42 years old. He had an ulcer. That's he was just, was killing him. 
He, he put so much into it, it literally almost killed him. And then he had to figure out his next act. You know, what the hell am I going to do with my life? I'm pretty and, young. I, I should do something. Yeah, and he got into broadcasting. And uh, he was 85 years old. And he might be the most famous person associated with football that never actually played. I didn't know uh, he was never a player. Yeah, he oh. was never he was never drafted into the NFL because um he injured his knee in training camp oh. and he, he never actually played a game. And uh but he was in the Hall of Fame for coaching and broadcasting. Yeah, and, he won the uh, Super Bowl, right? Yep. And he was most famous for a video game. Yeah, somehow I don't know how he wound up creating the Madden Video franchise, the Madden game video franchise. He, you know, they approached him. It was some video company he had a game, but he was a stickler. He had rules with that video game. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's, first of all, over 30 editions of the game have been made since 1988. Madden and it generated, football. yeah, Madden football and generated billions of dollars in revenue, most of it from JD. <laughs> and, uh, I think he put up about seven billion of his own. And um just and this season. Just this just season. This season. <laughs> and the reason, JD, I suspect you like it so much, Madden really took actively the he took it responsibly, he he took it seriously, and he insisted yeah. that the video game have some kind of reality to it as much as it could. Yeah. I mean, uh <clears throat> there were like early games where it looked like that, you know, tabletop football that was you know, just bullshit. Uh, yeah, he he developed and has grown Madden into this humongous franchise, and it's probably the best football game uh, uh, out there. It's the only football game out there, pretty much. No, no uh, obituary of John Madden would be complete without listening to JD playing Madden. His wife videotaped him while he Ooh. played, and it's it's quite informative. Well, a, oh God, damn it! Come on, trivia. man. Uh, get him. Go! No. Block someone. Got it. Go. Who are you throwing to? No. Don't. No. You gotta be shitting me. Tackle him. God damn it. Oh. Now let's see if we can throw a fucking pass. This is a make believe game, right? And you're in control of it. <laughs> it I, I was gonna say, who's playing? If he's not Me. in control of, of, of the action, what's going on? Well, listen, words, I can only control one person at a time. I can't control the whole <laughs> fucking my whole fucking team sometimes, and it can be a little frustrating. Yes. Well, I don't understand it, but uh, good for you. Uh, good for you so being you know. so actively involved that you're carrying on like that. I've never heard him <laughs> so animated and engaged. Yeah, my wife is always like saying, that "This is." <laughs> My wife is always telling me, this is supposed to be relaxing. Or, is this fun at all? And I'm like, no, sometimes it's not. It doesn't hmm. relax me at all. J.D., here's some facts. J.D. spent $2,500 on cards in 2021. He does cards. not have any not cards. He has some card collection of cards, <laughs> football players and things. Sports oh, okay. cards, yes. Yes, he, he buys them as an investment, but he doesn't know if they increased in value. He has no concept of that. He just likes his cards and... uh and there you go. You know, oh, here, J.D., this is a fact you'll like that I know about John Madden football. John Madden was the guy who insisted that all 22 players could be seen on the screen, that uh, he was such a stickler for that, that that it delayed production of the initial game for two years. He wanted you to be able to see the whole field. Yeah. 
He took it very seriously. Whenever he uh, got hired away to Fox, he sat down with Rupert Murdoch to make sure that uh, he took football seriously, you know, because Murdoch's Australian. Uh, so, yeah, he took it, he took the game very seriously. So, uh, yeah, he's I. He's a he great had standards. Is that what you're saying? He had he no. He took it seriously. John Madden insisted on a lot of things, and also was a stickler in his broadcast career. He won 16 Emmys. There was a point in his broadcasting career when he was paid more than any of the active players in the NFL. He was wow. he was making more money than them. But they and, also uh, loved him because he created the All Madden team. Yep. And the All Madden team wasn't about the quarterbacks and the running backs, the flashy players. It was about the grunt guys, the guys that hardly ever got mentioned but made plays happen. J.D., I know you uh, contacted me. You had a lot to say about Madden. Is there anything you want to add to this obituary before I move on? <laughs> no, uh, he basically he helped. Uh, people know football that didn't know, you know, people that didn't know. He could help a casual viewer enjoy football. Uh, and he was funny. Uh, he was entertaining. He was like a big, almost like a big cartoon character almost. Just, he was like big, but, uh, and he was funny. Was he and big? He, had a, <laughs> he, he, in other words, what you're saying is he had a big head, didn't he? It was big. It looked beefy. <laughs> he had it looked big like everything. You, yeah. Like if you put like a, even he had big sausage fingers, didn't he? Like, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, looked, he was one of the no neck guys. You never saw a neck. <laughs> he looked like, he looked like a guy. If you stuck a fork in him, <laughs> gravy would pour out, not blood. <laughs> yep. He loved to eat yep. too. Oh yeah. By the way, he loved uh, the turducken. I had to, um, what is it he love? The turducken. He loved the turducken. Turducken? Yeah. Was like, was he was the turkey, big proponent of that. Turkey, chicken, and duck all in one thing. Yeah, he would cook <laughs> that every Thanksgiving, and that was a big deal. He got people eating turducken. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like tur he... Turducken had about <laughs> six legs, so everybody could get a leg. <laughs> oh, God. Poor animals all dying for... <laughs> He could get larger. Uh, the other thing I knew about Madden, which I found interesting, it was his extreme f fear of flying. He he would travel across the country by train, and then he had something called the Madden Cruiser, which was kind of a, I guess you could describe it as a customized Greyhound bus. Right. And he would go every week to these telecasts in the bus. Yeah. J.D. Yes. He had fun. He lived life. He lived life, much like you. He did it on I, his terms. I tell exactly. you, I got a kick out of J.D. I'll, I'll digress from John Madden for a second, because oh why not? We got J.D. on here, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bigger star than JD. John Madden, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turducken. <laughs> you know, I knew that you, such a walk. Now that you, oh, my God. Now that you think about it. He looked like two people stuffed inside a third person. He was a production. <laughs> but, but I will say I like the guy. I think yeah, he seems he to have a good heart. Yeah, he was great for football. Yeah. And what's his story? Was he getting laid, J.D.? Did he have a wife or was he good? Oh, yeah, he had a wife. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a long-time wife. I, You know, he hasn't been around uh, in public or anything for years, for a few years. So, and then this documentary all of a sudden came out, which, 
uh, you actually saw him and he seemed, he seemed to be doing okay. And then he died a week later, basically. Yes. Quite a uh, few people are seeming to be doing okay and then dying. Yeah, exactly. Madden's, uh, football, uh, games, you know, the, the, the video game generated $7 billion in revenue since 1988. Now, my question is how much money did he, in other words, it, it bared his name. The company that created it must have, you know, certainly cut him a deal in the beginning. Out of that $7 billion, what do you think he got? I would like to know that. I don't have an answer. I'd like to know. Yeah, I'm sure. Don't they sweeten those deals as time goes along? I mean, it, it became a brand. Uh, they did have to pay for that, I hope. I don't know. I would, you know, it had to have been into almost, I would almost say hundreds of millions of dollars at least. Uh, I mean, his, his name is just all over, uh, not just a video game, but you know, they're doing like, uh, tournaments with the video game and stuff. They're just, they're doing a lot of different things with it. You buy a new Madden game almost every single year, right? You, you buy the upgrades. Yes. And how much have you spent on Madden football? Do you think it just you alone? Not. Discounting oh, 30, 30 years, 30 years. Yeah. Oh, probably yeah. thousands of dollars. I'm sure, uh, past through, you know, past couple of years. Um, not proud of it, <laughs> but you know, you look like you, you, you eat turducken and you play man in football. I think you do it all. Uh, That's I'm, what I'm, he uh, does. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. He's my, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Hey, John, John Heine. Hey, Howard. He, he's a big uh, Madden guy. Well, you asked about, uh, he says that one of the biggest regrets he had was when the game first came out, they'd offered him a piece of it. They offered him stock and he was Uh. like, I don't want that. I want cash. So he got paid cash up front and then the game ended up exploding. And I mean, he made like 150, like 150 million or something like that, which was nothing compared to obviously the 7 billion in revenue. Most of which was contributed by JD, who absolutely, you know, lives, dreams, worships Madden football. In other words, Madden <laughs> did not even believe in his own his own name and his product that much. I understand why. I mean, you know, you probably think as an older guy, as hey, dopey game, what's it going to generate? Yeah, who's going to well play get... football on a on a screen? Yeah, I yeah, might well, as well. I, yeah, yeah, when you can go outside he... and get some air and get get your brains bashed in. <laughs> At first, he didn't even he didn't even want to be an announcer. He thought that was a a lame job. So you know, eventually he got into it and he loved it. And then same thing with the video game. So in other words, they bought his name for pennies on the dollar. He could have had uh, a fortune. He could have absolutely cleaned up. Even he did very well. Don't get me wrong. But initially, yeah, he could have had been right there on the ground floor. And he said, "No, just pay me for." My time and consulting and name and well, that'll be it's that. like with uh, Star Wars, the guy who played uh, the, the, well, what was that old actor? He had three lines in the whole movie. It was Sir Alec somebody, Alec Guinness. Oh, Alec <laughs> yeah. Guinness, yeah. Sir Alec Obi-Wan Guinness. Kenobi. They wanted him for Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, instead of taking a paycheck because it would have been a meager paycheck, he says, "Yeah, give me a piece of the movie." And sure enough, or he got a piece of the merchandising, something like that. Uh-huh. And, the, and the guy who was only in there for a couple of lines made the most money out of anybody on the movie, right? Am I right on that story? Or am I telling it wrong? I don't I'm know. not. Sh- I'm not sure if it was Alec Guinness who did that. Oh, I do okay. know that. I know that George Lucas did something with the the marketing on that and ended up, you know, making. He insisted on the marketing rights, which didn't really happen at the time in the late seventies, and ended up making ridiculous amount of money. Donald Sutherland did Animal House, 
and said, I don't want the salary. I'll mm. take, I think that's who you're referring to. I'll take a piece of the movie. And he ended up making millions off of that. Wow. Well, same story George Clooney told us in that space movie he did a couple of years ago with Sandra Bullock. He talked oh, yeah. uh, of the back end deal. Gravity. He didn't take any money for it. And he ended up getting paid 70 million bucks, you know, but Madden, he went for the quick cash. I get it. I understand it. But yeah, you want the short you thing. Know, I mean, he he probably didn't get the technology and where, right. uh, you know, games were going. And so uh, I, how I, could I, he know? Well, a yeah, lot I mean, of I, these dopey games, they don't make a dime. So he's like, what the fuck? Right. Who's going to sit there and buy Madden football? A bunch of idiots like Ooh. JD. How many could there be? <laughs> and it turns out there were a lot There's of them. There's a lot. <laughs> a lot of big dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Howard, I was I was I was just corrected. Uh, Donald Sutherland did not. He took the flat fee instead of the instead of the points. Huh? Big, the big. Point. Oh my God! Yeah, if he was my father, I'd never forgive him. <laughs> um, my father, my father's big move was uh, he 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 took stock when somebody bought his company and the whole thing tanked. Yeah, the bicycle company. Bicycle company. <laughs> uh, they make bicycles. <laughs> the, no, I don't understand the bicycle. My father said we were going to be rich because the bicycles, for some reason that year, bicycles were through the roof. Even if you made shitty bicycles, you, you, you made money. You could sell them, yeah. My my father had stock in the one bicycle company. They must make horrible bicycles. <laughs> the, 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 I read a review in Consumer Reports. They got the worst review. Oh. Any idiot can make a bicycle. It's two wheels and a phlegm. <laughs> yeah, Dad, way to go. Genius. Mr. Genius telling me I'm a moron. So not everybody <laughs> jumps into those deals and makes a mint. They told me they would buy my business and give me stock. I said, yeah, you, you really read the, you read the tea leaves correctly. <laughs> you know, you make him sound like Ralph Cramden. <laughs> oh. <laughs> These get he knew, quick. he knew everything, but, uh, when it came down to that, that deal, that, you know, I, I went and ate that Kentucky Fried Chicken before anybody. And I said to I was going to buy stock. And then your mother said, who buys chickens? Who wants chickens from stock? I shouldn't have listened to you. Oh, it's the same dumb stories over and over again. I'm like, yeah, my ship sailed. No wonder I was driving around in a 70 Valiant. Um, hey. But uh, whoa, a lot of people. Oh, I know what I was going to say. JD, as long as I got you here, his Christmas card was the best. Like John Hine, a lot of the oh, guys yes, were. I saw JD's Christmas card. Was a, Hine. a lot of the guys were very, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, making negative remarks about John Hines. But I was like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, John Hines sent out a plane. I'd say generic Christmas card. Yes. Everybody yes. have a happy Christmas, peace and love. And uh, I was like, yeah, that? nothing. Believe peace me, it, it, nobody love. cares about those cards with pictures of your children. Nobody gives a shit. And uh, that we go over them to look for material. Well, uh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, JD was the best. He, you know, first of all, he took three pictures and stuck them on the front of his card. Yes. And when you put three pictures on the front of your card, because they're from the iPhone, they're little tiny pictures. They have to be you know, blown down. You can't see what the fuck is going on in these pictures anyway. 
That, right. You sacrifice the quality of the of any of the pictures. And J.D.'s card was so not J.D. It was three uh, pictures of J.D. and his wife hiking. Yeah. J.D., <laughs> one thing I know about J.D., I don't know a lot, but I do know he hates hiking. But for some reason, is one J.D., and his face, you don't see his face, his back is turned to the camera, his big fat ass is right in your face, <laughs> and he's sitting there hiking. He's, you know, he's, I guess he's high on a hike. Sorry, yeah, he was, wasn't he alone? Where was his wife? <laughs> uh, we were, uh, she took a picture of me, I took a picture of her. We were, yeah, it was so our anniversary have, trip. Nobody else separate, on that trail. <laughs> there's two separate pictures, one of J.D., one of the wife. And then there's one of like a cactus or something. What was that? A, a, like a, oh, I, I guess know. a vista. I, I, I had to find it. But, uh, you know, I was like, J.D., we get it. You hike once a year. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it should have been a picture of J.D. watching television, two televisions at once. That's what he does. <laughs> or eating. Um, uh, you know, or eating. Well, he loves eating. <laughs> no, you, you want a picture of me eating. You want, you want to have that on taped on the back of your door. Okay. It's a, I, uh, a big, there's a big picture of the two of them standing in front of the Grand Teton National Park sign. Right. And in two, two of the pictures, J.D. and his wife have their backs to the camera. One of them, you can't really see them. They appear to be walking apart from each other in, 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 in the picture. But they, 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 I don't know. What, what are you trying to present? That you're a hiker of some kind? What are you saying to us? <laughs> well, listen, uh, I didn't exactly put it together. But, yeah, I think it was just showing views that we saw on our trip and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Oh, but it was actually a last-minute thing because I wanted to – I had an idea of having it be a sports card-themed related and have it have the cards look like uh, we were in sports cards. But I couldn't get the designs. Uh, the, the, the idea came too late, and uh, so we just put that card together. So – they don't, you don't Whoa. have any pictures of the two of you together that, uh, you know, would have been nice to look at. I, listen, I think we were just looking for pictures quick. It wasn't exactly, uh, you know, <laughs> so, we just wanted so, to get it done so yeah, we could yeah, get that's this what bit it, going. <laughs> that's what it looked like. It looked like you had to get it done because, and I like that you couldn't decide on one picture. So you put in three that no one could really see. I mean, I had a struggle <laughs> to see what was going on in there, but. It was. Fa I, I said to my wife, "I go look at this JD card with the hiking. You would think this guy was an athlete. This is a guy. What happened with your diet? I heard you haven't worked out since Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, it's been. You know, when it comes to the holidays and traveling, you know, the, you travel and you do this. It, it, if something breaks up my routine, I just completely shut down. So, so you're not doing the, got, the the push ups and sit ups. You're not doing anymore. I I have not done that uh, for a little while. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm I am feeling it. <laughs> I I am not happy with myself right now, right. and uh, so I'm uh, I'm probably going to get back into it uh, sooner than later because uh, it, 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 there are times where like at you know when I stop doing it for a little bit I feel okay I feel fine uh, and I'm like you know all right I can hold off on this for a little bit but Mister yeah, uh, Mister. Mr. Hiker hasn't worked out since Thanksgiving. Yeah, how are you going to go on your next hike? You're Never not mind that. Be prepared. I, I, I want to say this: your titties are busting through that shirt, and I'm not talking to Robin. I'm talking to you. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. My own. What happened to you? You were doing so good. I, I, just, I know. I, listen, I, get, I get. I get lazy sometimes. Titties. Uh, 
Oh, I'll have to tell you. You you, you, you got really think- during the holiday? Yeah, I Ooh. saw family and uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Took you off your routine. Bengals went to a Bengals. Oh yeah. JD told me he can't quit soda. Makes him feel good, Ooh. but it, it, it doesn't make him feel good. But it tastes so good. He likes the taste. Oh. Yes, I don't know what it is. It just, ugh, it just tastes. What soda are we good. talking about? What particular? I soda? prefer. I am a Coke guy right now. I, I prefer Coke. What did you used to drink, Pepsi? Yeah, like growing up, I was a Pepsi guy because I think that's. Uh, I just I had access to Pepsi more, and then once uh, uh, Sirius, we were at Sirius, they started carrying Coke. And I would start drinking that more, and uh, I don't know, my taste buds must have just latched onto that. So, uh, so yeah. you believe that Coca Cola is a better product than Pepsi? Yes, it tastes uh-huh. better to me. Yes, Woo. yes. And you said it hits a sweet spot in your brain, right? The soda. Yes, yes. It is like a uh, yeah. I'm sure my brain is uh, genetically like attached to it now. Woo. So anytime I can get a hold of it, it, it genetically uh, it feels nice. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, you know, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so at your worst, I remember you were drinking three sodas a day. Are you back up to three sodas a day? No, 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 no. I'm pretty much, uh, if, if any, it's like once a week because oh. when I do, when I do do it now, it is like, I feel it. And, uh, you love it. You like, love I, it. I feel bloat. No, no. I like, it feels good when I'm, uh, drinking it as I'm drinking it, but uh, after just, I just feel bloated and just disgusting. So you have gas? Oh. Are you not really? No, you just. Bloated. I mean, not. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know, I'll give you this bit uh, of advice. What? What was that? You, JD? <laughs> no, it wasn't me. No, that's Fred. <laughs> water. Um, I'll give you a bit of advice. Wouldn't you think it was strange if I sent you a Christmas card of me at a parade? <laughs> I mean, you know how I hate parades, right? I, I find them dis- despicable. I, th- I find people, they're, 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 I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who's stupid. Are the people in the parade or the people watching it? Now, well, why would I? Yeah, you hiking is something you detest. And I know your wife likes it, but I, I would find I, a more I think, suitable I, card. I think. I think detest is... Uh, a bit strong. I do like the fact of doing it, but during a hike, in the middle of a hike, yes, I hate it because uh, you know. It, well, actually, you know what? If it's like a smooth, if it's like a level uh, uh, walkway, that's walking, or whatever, that's not hiking. I can handle whatever. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah, you don't when, like when you don't like the rocks. You like you like a smooth hike. That's called walking <laughs> in the street. That's what I did yesterday. Do you know Why I are went... you doing that in the woods, looking for like a straight, smooth, like uh, steady path? Do you know I went hiking yesterday, but on the road it was nice and flat. <laughs> there were cars. Le- yeah. level, elevation levels definitely matter in regards to how much I love or well, yeah. hike. Okay. On our phone, on our phone to yell at JD is Doctor Now, who says JD is a mess. <laughs> yes, Doctor Now. Hello, how are y'all doing? JD, hey, hey. why you do what you're doing? This you say hike. You don't hike. You're taking a hike from the couch to the free. You're gonna be four hundred, six hundred pounds. You keep doing this. What's your problem? I know. I'm just. I, I just get lazy sometimes. That's all. 
but uh, I can't understand what you're saying. You need to speak a lot clearer, Doctor. Now, <laughs> okay, all you right. Stop okay. your words. I don't understand. <laughs> all right, okay. You're gonna right. be the type of hiker. You're gonna get airlifted by the helicopter <laughs> in the middle of the woods because you're so fat. <laughs> I have Doctor, heard it now. What can you, Doctor? Now, what can you say to JD to get him on track, and, and what should he be doing? Well, the problem, you see, with J.D. is many of his psychological issues. He is starting to show them. He believed the world revolved around him, and he's surrounded by enabler like his wife. It's not acceptable. <laughs> you need 1,200-calorie diet. Right. You 400-eat meals. No snacking in between. You don't sit there with Chinese buffet food, hamburger. Cookie, you like this thing. You don't like hiking. You like to eat trash, garbage. You're gonna die, uh, Doctor. Now, do the work. I think you hit it. His wife yeah. seems to be an enabler yeah. by going along <laughs> no, with this. Now, would you not. <laughs> would you recommend the wife therapy? Is an enabler. Do you recommend he therapy? Need expensive psychotherapy. <laughs> he is surrounded by an enabler when he's taking picture of him exercising, putting it on a picture and sending it out. It's a false message. It's right, not the right. real thing. Your right. wife is trying to kill you. You don't understand. You don't want to do the work. You happy right. when you go naked in front of the mirror and you see what is going on there? It must be like a Frankenstein hmm. movie. Well, Doctor Now, you really, I know that a lot of your fat people who go to you are very upset. They say you're too tough, but I like this tough talk to J.D. I think he needs it. In fact, he looks a little sleepy and dopey right now. I think you, you knocked him around pretty good, uh, I got to say. He's so going to he gonna fall asleep with all the weight. How many years it been you look down and you see your penis? It's going to be three, four, five years at this rate. It's not good. <laughs> Well, you you hit it on the head. Now, maybe if you don't play the video game football, you play the real football. Maybe <laughs> you're going to lose a bit of weight. You're going to be the size of John Madden. You keep playing the game, J.D. Are you, are you, uh, do you, would he, is he eligible for uh, weight loss surgery or do you, do you feel he needs to prove to you no. that he needs some to weight? lose some weight? Yeah. He's going to have to make the proof. J.D., you need to lose 100 pounds by the next time I speak to you. You have to do the work. If you don't do this and don't prove, you are going to be too high risk for the surgery. I will not do it on you. Then you're going to be on your own. You need to really go on 1,200-calorie diet. It's the only way and follow the diet plan. Doctor, now... Yeah, you uh, you went from a twelve hundred calorie plant, but I guess that. But now that you're staring at JD a while, you're reducing down to six hundred calories. I go six hundred calorie. You have one hundred calorie in the morning. You have two hundred calorie in the lunch, and then three for dinner. I should right. reduce to five because I see what you're doing. You sit and watch TV all day. That's not a job. That's a death sentence. You know this. And don't lose the diet plan. This is my job. You're going to have more trouble. All right. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, your now you... job is killing you. Your job <laughs> is going to be to be in the ground, rotting and being the worm food. Do you want this? Do you want this, J.D.? I hope this is a wake-up call, J.D. Thank you, Dr. Now. I mean, wow. I'm wow. awoken.
Yeah. I hope Dr. Now doesn't get naked in front of the TV. I just saw him. I don't know if that's a good picture at all. <laughs> okay. Let's go for so, JD, thank you for the update on John Madden and your life and your hiking thank Christmas you. card. And it was very, very good. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's Madden, and that brings us to Bob Saget. Uh, yeah, yeah, as I said, I had a celebrity tell break the news to me that Bob Saget had died. Um, he, is Pat that a Monahan, big deal to you? Yes. I don't like to just find out that, you know, <laughs> Pat Monahan, I, I must have been, I think Pat Monahan contacted me almost within three minutes of Bob Saget's death. I don't think Bob Saget had... Bob Saget wasn't even cold yet, but uh, <laughs> Pat Monahan said, you know, He hey, had to get right out. The, what did he text you or email you? Who knew? Email. Who knew? Who knew that Pat Monahan was close friends with uh, Bob Saget? Bob I didn't Saget, even know. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, you no. know, that he should be the first to tell you is pretty amazing. I wasn't super close to Bob Saget, but I was shocked to learn that Bob Saget was on our radio program 13 times. Did you realize that? I didn't know it had been that many times. I knew he'd been on the show. Yeah, 13 times Bob Saget was on. Of wow. course, we knew we knew him from Full House. We knew him, of course, from um, America's Funniest Videos. I think he was on yeah. there for at least four seasons, maybe maybe as many as seven. I, let me see if I he can look it up. He was on there quite a while. Yeah, let me see. I thought he was quite good at that. I thought, you know, it's not that easy to host America's Funniest Home Videos. You know, at some point you kind of look yourself in the mirror and go, what the fuck am I doing with my life? But he did a good job with it. Um, Yeah, and this is odd. He, the, You know, you get to my age, the first thing I look at is, what year was Bob Saget born? That he's dead in a hotel room in Orlando. <laughs> and, of course, uh, I, I, I see 1956 he was born. I go, wait a second. Is he older or younger than me? You can't My, figure it out? When were you me, born, Howard? Well, listen, let me tell you about math. <laughs> you got to really, math is no sort of maybe. You got to get the right answer. <laughs> There's no iffy kind. It's not like an English test where, you know, you can kind of bullshit your way through. So I see, I see. I had to sit there and do the math. I saw you he was did born the in 56. <laughs> I did the work. And at first, first glance, I went, oh, my God. I'm born in 54, so I go, oh, he's 56. That's a bigger number. So he's older than me. But then I realized they tricked me. It's a trick question. 54 is a smaller number. That means I'm two years older. I, I know it's That's, tricky. Yes, yes. Once I figured that part out, then I said, okay, okay. He was 65 years old. And it freaked me out, man. This is the math you do when you're uh, getting older. Right, like, you start. This is, uh, what was his age? Everything is. What was his age? How old was? Every, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's dropping dead now. Everybody's dropping dead. I never would have predicted that Bob Saget would die before my parents. Those two old crows—they're outliving everybody. God bless them. Knock on wood. He almost didn't outlive Betty White. I'm sure right. he was like, yeah, that was easy passing Betty. You know, having Betty White pass. But, uh, yeah, Bob found dead. And uh, I remember, actually, I don't remember. Aside, you know, I didn't remember Bob being on the show 13 times. I remember him being on the show. 
Yeah. What did he but, do all um, those 13 times? <laughs> I mean, what were we thinking? What was Bob busy doing? <laughs> I don't know. One time, uh, the guys reminded me of this. He played Fred in Win Fred's Money. And Bob had the unique distinction of not getting one question right. <laughs> you know, Fred's impossible to beat. He's he's a very knowledgeable guy, Fred. Right. Uh, Bob's, Bob Saget said, I'll play Fred. And he came in and lost. He I, Now, well, I don't know if he was kidding. <laughs> yeah, was that a joke? Yeah. But, um, oh, Bob Saget hosted America's Funniest Home Videos for eight seasons from 1990 uh-huh. to 97. I thought he did a great job with it. But I like Bob. Um, it's really weird. Oh, Saget was on our show 10 times. Sorry, not 13. Someone Well, even 13. 10 times. You don't remember 10 times. I remember one time, and I remember that with difficulty. <laughs> but uh, he was a good guy. I think, now again, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think when Jimmy threw me one of those parties when I went into L.A. and yeah. Jimmy would have very graciously have celebrity-type parties at his home, Jimmy was like, Kimble, hey, you don't, you don't know any celebrities. Come to my home. You'll have a real Hollywood experience. There are a lot of celebrities that want to hang out with you. I go, really? Like yeah. who? And he goes, Bob Saget. And sure enough, I got there and I saw Bob Saget at Jimmy's house. And I went, oh, so this is what Hollywood's like. <laughs> you you go to Jimmy's house and Bob Saget's there. And I remember Bob Saget had a young, gorgeous girlfriend who I believe was right out of Playboy magazine. I don't mean she looked like she should be in Playboy. She was either a Playboy or Play play Penthouse. I don't know what the hell she was. You know, Bob, Bob was a divorced guy. And I remember he came up to me with a sad face. And he said to me, oh, it's terrible. Divorce is terrible. Then he was... I think he was in the corner humping the Playboy model. Right, and, he had a great looked, time while he was he, single. Yeah. <laughs> he looked. He first gave me the uh, speech. Oh, it's terrible, terrible. And then the next minute, I was watching him. And, yeah, he couldn't find women fast <laughs> enough. <He's so> funny. <laughs> and go well. There's a guy I relate to. But anyway, he um, he was a very nice guy. And if you remember, let's see. Let me test your memory bank there, All Robin. Right. What was the character that Bob Saget played? He was a widowed dad yes. on Full House. What was his name? All right. Dad. <laughs> dad. That's right. That was Dad. His name was Dad. No, it was Willie Fistigash. Willie Fistigash. Um, Willie Fistigash. It was Danny Tanner, which I think ah. was a, maybe that was a joke, like Dan Tanner. You know, I don't know. But anyway. I don't know either. Danny Tanner was the dad on Full House. He worked with Stamos. Stamos tweeted out, of course, I was going to write Stamos last night, but I, yeah, you know, I didn't listen. do that. He goes, quote, I am broken. I am gutted. I am in complete and utter shock. I would never, ever, I will never, ever have another friend like him. Oh, nope. John, what about me? I love you so much, Bobby, he wrote. Look, you remember, yeah, well, it was the first time I was going back to Los Angeles after I had been really, really sick. Mm. And, um, for what, I, I don't know how it happened, but Jimmy, uh, said to me, Robin, let's go out to dinner when you're here and, um, tell me, who would you like to have at dinner? Because right I'll get the- them there. I think 
like Jimmy is the mayor of Los Angeles or Hollywood because he says, well, tell me who you'd like to have for dinner. Tell, tell the truth. So Robin says to Jimmy, get me Brad Pitt, George Clooney, <laughs> and, 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 and another hot guy. And, and, and those guys were unavailable. Bob Saget showed up. Is that how it worked? <laughs> Well, what he happened? did get John Stamos to come along with him. Mm-hmm. That's how he got to the table. But yeah, no, I, like- I, I spent a, several um, social moments with Bob and John, and they were just amazing together. You could tell there was this incredible love between them. Yeah, nice guy. I know when Katie Couric, the famous newswoman, was on my show, she told us she was on a date. She went out on a date with Bob Saget. Is that and, right? I don't yeah. remember that either. Uh, oh, yeah. Katie said, listen, you think I remember? The guys remind me of all this. <laughs> Katie said, quote, I had fun, but I don't think I did it for him. Meaning she wasn't, mm. uh, she didn't float his boat. Well, he didn't call her back. It was like she would have gone on another date, but he didn't call. Sounds Sounds that way. Yeah. We will play one of Bob's 10 appearances. Not all 10. No one no one wants to hear that. We will play one of Bob's 10 appearances as a tribute on Sternthology as a, uh, um, uh, today on Howard 101. Now, I like Bob. Very nice guy. The few times I was able to uh, hang out with him, so to speak. Just lovely. And, uh, you know, uh, I was not a full house guy. I don't know full house. I was a little too old right. to be watching full the, house. Uh, you were a little too old, not that much older, but a little too old to watch. This coming from a guy who just spent all weekend watching all 10 episodes of the uh, latest karate kid Cobra Kai episodes. <laughs> right. Did you watch it? It was terrific. I, I loved I it. I said, Oh my God. I wonder if Howard knows this is here. I haven't no, watched it yet. I, I don't know. I started watching it and I want to goof on it. You know, look, there is nothing more absurd in this world than watching Ralph Macchio pretend he knows karate. In fact, now he plays an adult man. He still looks like a little kid. And he's beating up people in this thing. And they never show him doing any karate because I don't think this guy ever spent 10 minutes. I think the cameraman drops the camera every time he's fighting. <laughs> yeah, you never see him really do anything. The, the, the guy is so... Not a karate guy. He doesn't even look like an athlete, but okay. Well, it's almost like almost nobody can do karate anymore. You know, like the guy who's the big menace, you know, he's not really kicking anyone's butt. Well, even with all of this, I suspend disbelief, and I really love Cobra Kai because I watched all 10 episodes already. I'm done already. I can tell you the whole story. I'm looking forward to getting into it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I... I got to admit, I watched one after another. Like, I I binged it. But I sat there. I said, I don't know what's more unbelievable. Queen Latifah as the equalizer? I mean, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief going on in the movies. They don't even try They're to find people. making you work people. hard on these TV shows. Well, you know, in the old days, you had a higher Jean-Claude Van Damme who could, you know, do splits. And, you know, and then you had Arnold Schwarzenegger or, uh, you know, whoever. Well, you know, any of these, uh, Steven Lee, Seagal. There was all kinds of, uh, you yeah. know, uh, what was that guy's uh, name? The guy who was only a choreographer and he became Jackie Chan. Well, all these look, guys could actually do something. It's, uh, I mean, Queen Latifah. I watched that too. The Equalizer. You're I amazing. have a hard time. I have a hard time with it, but someone's got to watch it. 
I can't just <laughs> let that go. And, uh, yeah, I watched all of Cobra Kai. And they gave this um, uh, Ralph Macchio a wife that is so hot. You know, I mean, way out of his league. She towers over him. She's got big titties, thin waist. I mean, you know, the model type body. Mrs. LaRusso. And she is uh, into him. Give me a fucking break. And he's but she a karate. So much smarter than him. You know, he's running this, co- but she's really running the company because he is always at the dojo. <laughs> he's dojo, and, and he looks like he hasn't had any sleep in years. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a tired child. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. What's up, John? It's fantastic, Howard. I, I binged <laughs> all of season four. It's it's at first it's like so bad it's good, and then right. you get past that because you're yeah. so caught up in it all. And that all valley tournament. I mean, how many years? Like everybody shows up for it. It's the biggest thing in town. This karate championship, and you never know who's going to win. You never know how it's going to go. They do such a good job. I mean, there's so many shows now that tries to bring back old stuff in the 80s and 90s and make it contemporary and work. This works because uh, Billy Zopka, who plays uh, Johnny Lawrence and Ralph Macchio, they have a gr- they get it. Like they have a great sense of humor about it. They embrace it and they do a really good job showing what they're like now, but also so many callbacks to the original movie. And it's just a fun show to watch. I think it's I really think it's fantastic. He got nominated for an Emmy last year. I mean, I watch cool. it. I watch it because I feel bad for those guys. I'm like, I don't think they've <laughs> gotten much work since that original Karate Kid, especially the old dude who's the uh, sensei for Cobra Kai. Right. And I'm kind of well, like, you know what? Then they brought back his, you know, little junior terrorist <laughs> for yeah. this season. And they're so like, they're well, where's that everybody. guy been all this time? <laughs> yeah, so you feel you feel an obligation in a sense to watch the <laughs> damn thing so these people can work. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. But uh, when I see that Ralph Macchio, and he's the two-time karate champion taught by Mr. Miyagi. He's a legend. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, it's like, it, it's a, why not make a, a movie where Stephen Hawking beats people up? I mean, it's, it's almost <laughs> analogous. I mean, but sometimes I'm watching it and I go, I can't turn this off. These guys will all be homeless if I stop watching. <laughs> they need a living, too. People are entitled to work. So uh, good right. for Netflix. Get everybody back. Yeah, they, they do a really back. good job too. Always having some kind of action every episode. Like you'll yeah. always get some type of fight. Somebody will to, kick you know, somebody. <laughs> right. Always, someone will beat always. someone up. And the two women, the two girls who are in it, who are fighting each other, they're great. I mean, it's it's just it's a really enjoyable show. Yep, I'm. Uh, I give it five stars. That's what I give it, and that's out of fifty stars. So good for you. <laughs> All right, no, it's very good. I watch. I watch the whole thing. I have. Yeah, to Yeah, we tell have you. to admit we're fans. I'm a big fan, Cobra Kai, and uh, Ralph Macchio. He does a good job. They do a good job. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy when you watch that show. But um, let's see what this is. Oh, let me mention HBO Max, and then I'll take a little break. Uh, HBO Max on January 13th. Okay, that's uh, Thursday. HBO Max. This week, right. That's right. HBO Max brings you Peacemaker, which I'm looking forward to. The new original series from the director of The Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. Peacemaker, streaming this Thursday only on HBO Max. And uh, check that out. I will 
I'm going to watch that. I'm watching something else on HBO Max. Oh, yeah, I'm watching um, the Sex and the City reboot. Right. Uh, I like that a lot. I just watched the new one. It's good. Good stuff. That's Sarah Jessica Parker. I, I, I don't know what it is with her. She, I, I said to my wife, she does a good job. She's a good actress. She's captivating. I watch her no matter what. There's certain people I watch. And if I watch you, it means you're good. If I don't watch you, oh, it means that, you're bad. That, I would not say that. Yes. Blanket. Yes. Go ahead. I love Sarah ahead. Jessica Parker. That's one time you're right. Like a, mm. a broken clock is right two times a day. <laughs> well, you're being insulting to me, but that's all right. <laughs> Only you can do that. Uh, let's go to Mike from Maine. Yes, Mike, go ahead. Hey, now, Howard. Let's go, Mike. Hey, now. Can you hear me? Well, uh, so what I, what where are out, you, Mike? It, it starts out. You? It starts out the call that I can't hear you. It's like you're fumbling with the phone, and you're like on a speakerphone, and you're far away. And then as you go, can I hear you? It gets better, and it just wastes a lot of time. But go ahead. No, Howard. I'm just on the same headphones. I'm on every single time I call you. Yeah, it's horrible. So. Just hold the regular right. phone. No headphones. No headphones. Please take off your headphones and just. He you're not broadcasting. Phone. I have to wear headphones on broadcasting. You're not. You're just on a phone. Oh, no, I'm just working from home. I'm working. I need both hands. It's fine. Uh, uh, so, Robin, I have some questions. I have questions for you, Robin, if I could ask you a personal And don't question. say, Robin, I have questions. Uh, can I ask? Just ask Robin the question. Don't say, I have hey, Robin, questions. When you had your breast uh, reduction uh, surgery. What? <laughs> when you had your breast reduction surgery, uh, yeah. how was your nipple sensitivity afterwards? Were they, were they, once you healed, were they still sensitive, or did you feel like you lost some of that fun, funness you had? Did no, you no, lose? I, I still uh, have the funness. <laughs> Funness. Well, All right, Mike. There's like, funness. But it took a little while. It takes a little while to heal. Everything's a little numb at first, but then things come back online, as they would say. So if a guy kisses your titties and rubs the nips, there you will have some sensation and you will titties. get turned on. Some sensation, yes. I will, I will feel it. Let me ask you a question about that. As a man, excuse me, as a man, <laughs> yeah. when if someone touches my tits, you know, my nips... It would it would annoy me. In other words, I wouldn't like it. It doesn't seem to be something. I, it's not an erogenous zone for me. Mm. I want my penis touched. Let's get right to the main event. Um, so for a woman to sit there, I would think, and rub your nips, I think it might even be irritating. You know what I mean? No, it's not, Howard. No, no it's not it's at all. Different you know, a, for a woman, woman needs to get ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just all about that one thing. She needs, you know, to get juices flowing. Right. So that helps. And so all of that kissing of the neck and lips and whatever and then going down to the breast is very good for a woman. How long do you like uh, uh, the messing around with your nips um, during I, lovemaking? I mean, everything depends on technique. Sometimes, you know... Um, a little is enough. Sometimes you want to do do that and come back. You know, you don't want to like. And what? And what uh, is the technique you like? A two finger flick, or uh, what do you like? 
What is it? Do you like, do you like them pinched? I mean, what do you want to have happen there? What's I don't the want fantasy? Them pinched. That hurts. Right. Good. You want to right. lick me. or suck, Robin? You what want about licking, sucking. Licking, sucking. Turn the knob. T- like tickling, you know, just a little playing with your fingers sometimes. What about, sometimes I use them as like radio dials and turn the knob. No, I, that's not a good one. That's no, not, that's a, when you're twisting in one direction like it's a radio <laughs> dial, that's titty, a bad one. We call that titty twister. You don't like titty that? Titty tuning. <laughs> Purple narple. Titty tuning. Like sometimes one time I picked up a radio station in Maine when I was, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, that's no good. You know, I have heard from women who, uh, Robin had a reduction, but women with breast implants, some of them say afterwards they lose all sensation in the nips right. where they once had yeah. sensation because what they do is they take off your nip to, to stuff the plastic bags in your boobies. And when they take off the nips and then they reattach them, sometimes they Sometimes fuck up. it doesn't come back. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't but, come back. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm good in that area. And I, I've actually had <sighs> orgasms from titty twist. With good technique. Just wow. Oh my God! Is there any way you could do that? Yeah. Would you demonstrate the technique just so we could all practice all of our lives? She just <laughs> told you. She just told you. She just told. Uh, you. Uh, yeah, there will be no live demonstration. Thing. All what right. Do you say? Um, and Robert, how? I, I, uh, all right. Thank you for the call. How, long, how? No, quick, quick. How long after you got the surgery did they start to grow back and get bigger? Oh, oh. God. That's I right. have, Robin had my a breast horrible. will always be the same size no matter what I do. She had a <laughs> major <laughs> reduction and they and they came back. They grew. <laughs> they no, refused to be small. She got, she got 34 G's. Of course they grew back. And then But how can that be? Like, how can that be? That's insane. That's science. insane. Only Robin could do that. She went through <laughs> the horror of having a, a surgeon reduce her breast. And I remember it was a big operation. She had like, how many stitches did you have in your titties? Oh God, I don't even know, but I used to call them Franken tits. That's what they look. Yeah, like. she between the two titties, she had. Well, you don't ask how many stitches. Something over a couple hundred. And those titties, they healed beautifully, from what Robin told me. I was never privy to seeing them, but. And then they grew back. It's titties. like you know what I said. I said, Robin. I'll never forget this conversation, Robin. Your tits are like Michael Myers. You can't kill them. <laughs> just keep coming back. I played that music from Michael Myers, Halloween. But uh, yeah, they're fantastic, and uh, and and good for her titties. They said, you know what? Fuck you, Robin. <laughs> you want to try to get rid of us? No, <laughs> yeah. that's not happening. You want to walk around like a petite little flower? We want big titties on you. <laughs> oh, there's those Michael Myers titties. <laughs> We're back. Can't get rid of us so easy. <laughs> We'd have made a great Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Submitted for your approval. A woman who only wanted small breasts. When she was jogging, they would smack her in the head. And then she went, and then they grew back. By the end of the... The movie, the, the, your titties are t- chasing you around the house and you jump out a window. That's right. Uh, right. <laughs> that was like the original Twilight Zone. They, this guy was chased by a one-armed bandit slot machine from Vegas. 
chased him out the window and he, and he jumped out. It was the coolest thing I ever saw. God, so good. Anyway, um... my bra was always riding up in the back. I'm a G. Uh, 34G. 34G. Make your shirts look tight. 34G. I jack off all night. 34G. Tits. Tits. 34G. Tits. 34G. Tits. Tits. 34G. Tits. Tits. Yeah. Catchy tune. 34G. From AC Titsky. That's... Actually, that's from... Uh, Titsky? Yeah. Dan the Parody Man. Remember Dan? I love oh, Dan. Oh, yes. Dan was a wild man. I, I asked someone the other day, what happened to that guy? Dan the Song Parody Man. Used to always... And what was the answer? Nobody know. I said, that guy was something... I remember one year for my birthday, Dan the Song Parody Man, he he came up to me and he said, I bought you something, Howard. I said, it's not necessary, Dan. I, I don't know you that well. And he said, uh, no, I wanted to get you something for all the years of entertainment. And he gave me a knife. Now, Robin, this yeah. knife was the size of um of a I don't even know what what to compare. You know, I don't know where the, he thought you were going. <laughs> like like if I was Crocodile Dundee, this knife was still too too crazy. I mean, it was huge, and I didn't know what to do with it. So I saved it because you can't throw that away. You imagine you throw that away and then you read somebody stab someone and, and the knife had right. my you name on it. You don't want that just circulating around your giant knife. It used yeah. to belong to Howard Stern. And it, it was engraved with my name, blah, blah, blah. So I still have it. I, I have it in my, uh, I have a little safe of, uh, of a knife. Ah, it's the only thing in the safe. I don't have, I don't keep money in the house. I don't, I have a knife because I don't want someone to stab somebody with it because it, it's got my name on it. But it's so big. Dan the Son. Oh, it says here. Here's an update. He's uh, he's a congressman now. Dan the Son. Parody. Oh, he was. Uh, if you had told me he was on the steps of the Capitol on January sixth, no, I would have said, no. Oh, that's possible. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Coming at you, Howard Stern is Casey Kasem's junior. When did anyway. his name get an S on it? Casey Kasem's um, junior. It's funnier. Just go with me. Trust me on that. People are giggling in their car. Casey Kasem's Jr. I realized that when I was when I was around seventeen, there was a guy um, we used to kind of make fun of. Not make fun of, but he was a friend of mine, little guy, and uh, he knew everything. He was like Fred, you know. He knew facts all the time. Uh huh. So one of my friends goes, uh, we st- I don't know who started, it was either me or someone, we started calling him Encyclopedias Britannicas Jr. <laughs> and then it morphed into Encyclopedia Britannicas Jr. But you, if you didn't have the S, if you just said Encyclopedia Britannica Jr., it's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannicas Jr. is funny. <laughs> okay, that S See? makes it funny. Yeah. So, you know. Some asshole sitting in his car, he's miserable. I get on the air and add the S. And there's <laughs> this humor in the guy's life. He's happy. It's not because I'm illiterate or an idiot. I, I know These what I'm doing. These are the rules of comedy, kids. Yeah. I've studied the rules of comedy all my <laughs> life. And that's it. You add the S and it's happening. Encyclopedia Britannica's Jr. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, 
I didn't even yeah. get the see that's funny too. Don't say ooh, say ooh. We just we just entertain the audience. Damn. Listen to OJ. OJ's cracking up in the back. He loves it. He's trying to make a living over here, keep people entertained. There's a lot of shit in the world right now and Oh yeah. A little belch humor and You forget nice. it all. Forget it all. It's one little sound. Some human noise. So it's a it's a mood. It's you know, it's just a mood enhancer. Hey, That's so right. it's a uh, lifter. <laughs> if I can just put a a period on the Bob Saget thing, I'm sorry to see he's gone. Seemed like a real nice guy, and uh, it's it's just it's just very depressing. Like that's not a guy who's supposed to be dead. You know what I mean? And and, and then I'm no. thinking about him. How did he die? We don't know yet, but I'm thinking he must have had a heart attack in his hotel room. Now, by the well, way, yeah, I have... when you hear, well, there's no air, uh, evidence of drugs or foul, foul play, play or nothing, anything no. like that. Mm, yeah, no, I don't see him as a drug guy. If he is, I'd be shocked. But uh, you know, look, who knows? Hey, evidently he was on some sort of comedy tour. Could have had COVID yeah. for all I know. I don't know. I, I was don't know talking was... to Jake this morning, and Jake had a friend who was just at the show. Yeah, there you go. They call those shows super spreaders. In any case, I uh, I don't know. I don't know what did him in, but I'm picturing a Bob Saget alone on the road doing the comedy thing, kind of saying to himself, what the fuck am I doing, man? I'm on the road. Actually, he had just tweeted that he was addicted to this shit again. Oh, okay. And then... Uh, and he was saying he, was, he wasn't staying at, you know... Holiday Inn? The, the motel, hotel, or whatever. He was at the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> oh, all right. That ain't a bad way to go. But he was probably sitting there and probably had some pain in his arm. He ignored it. And I'm making this all up. I have no evidence of this, but I'm giving you what I imagine happened. And now, of course, in my mind, I'm I'm thinking I'm dying. I, I was just taking a pish during the commercial break, and I had myself. Uh, now I was dying. I don't know. I had I had 30 scenarios. I'm going. Very depressed. While you're in the restroom there, yeah, these all these thoughts are going through your head. Yeah, while I'm waiting for the pee to slowly dribble out of my ancient <laughs> cock, <laughs> it was like, when are you going to come out already? Good lord, I got to get back on the air. Oh, yeah, I'm standing there forever. Thank God it landed in the bowl. <laughs> Lately, my pee's been flying out everywhere, and uh, then I have to mop it up so Beth won't. Oh, where does it. it go? Does it go Sideways. just on the floor, or is it on the walls? Yeah, it, the it goes wherever it, it goes wherever <laughs> it wants. It's weird, but no, it went right directly where I aimed it. Um, yeah, Bob Saget tweeted, "I had no idea I did a two-hour set tonight. I'm happily addicted again to this. So, okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad he died happy. But uh, there you go." Um, see what people have on their mind. I got a lot to talk to you about, though. Rocco, you're on the air in Florida. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I gotta ask you, what do you what do you miss the most from from being inside? What do you miss the most from from, from doing? 
Well, it's like little things. Like the other day, I, I, I got a new prescription for my eyeglasses. I wanted to go get new eyeglasses. And then I was like, oh, I said to Beth, I think I'm going to go over. I'll wear a mask and I'll ask the guy to wear a mask. And because they have to take, um, measurements to put, to fit your new eyeglasses. And then she goes, is it really worth it for new eyeglasses? And I go, mm, yeah, you're right. I won't go. And she says to me, I'm going to go to the dentist. I go, well, wait a second. You just talked me out of getting eyeglasses and you're going to the dentist. But I don't, you know what I miss? I don't like having to think everything through where you go. All of a sudden you're sitting there and you go, hmm. You know, when Beth said I'm going to the dentist, I go, you know, I used to go every three months to the dentist. And now I'm like, oh, I want to, I love getting my teeth cleaned. And I, I know and I like, like the, you have to do a calculation of the risk that you're taking when you do something. Yes. Everything's a risk assessment now. Like, oh, is this a risk? Is hey, it too hey, much of I a risk? Me, can I ask you another question? Can I ask you another question? Okay. You don't care about this Hello? one anymore? You, you're done with <laughs> yeah, this question? Yeah, do, we, were, we weren't finished, yeah, but good. Okay. <laughs> ask, me me ask, a, ask me another question. Ask me another question. All right. Yeah. Man. Wendy the retard, Eric, Eric uh, High Pitch Eric, and Jeff the Drunk, they 10 years, more than 10 years on your show, right? Yes. How much money do you think you gave those guys, and and who do you think you gave the most money to in ten years? Well, I mean, who know? I probably Wendy. I don't know you how think much. Over 10 grand? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would think so. Sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Rocco. Thank you for that right, uh, man, second nice question, which interrupted your first question. <laughs> Yeah, but I missed that. You know, it was funny. I was thinking about Ronnie the limo driver the other day. I was like, you know, I used to uh, yeah. enjoy Ronnie sitting in the car. Not, You know, he'd be driving me, and some days it was horrible because Ronnie's an angry driver, and he would, like, <laughs> short stop and, like, when it, you know, okay, we get it. You're in traffic. People are cutting you off, and I'd be like, I'm not in that much of a rush that you have to be slamming on your brake every minute. I mean, in retrospect, I think about it. He, it was not a comfortable. He was a good driver. It just he was he was reliable and on time, but a horrible driver in that he gave no <laughs> thought to my comfort. You know what I mean? Like like he was rocking me back and forth, swerving. I mean, it was downright scary. But what I did like about Ronnie too, and and it's weird to say this, is his personality because his personality was either horrible, like he'd be <laughs> grunting, like "Hey, Ron." Um, a change in schedule. Can you drive me? Uh, I can't go there now. We won't have enough time to get back. I go, hey, hey, Ron, can you drive Beth? Uh, no, 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 no. There's not enough time. You know, that attitude was shitty. He was always miserable, like you were afraid to ask him to do anything. Yeah, you you didn't want to change your schedule. <laughs> no. Like, there were days uh, Beth would say to me, hey, as long as the car's parked out front, you think I could use it right now? I go, oh. Means I got to ask Ronnie. And like we'd actually have a, like an assessment of like, yeah, gee, do you think yeah. it's cool to ask Ronnie to drive? Like I'm paying the guy; he's on the clock. He's sitting there getting paid. Yeah, but he didn't like to drive anywhere different. Because <laughs> Beth would go, "Hey, I need to go somewhere and pick up something. Can I use Ronnie?" And then he'd go, "You got your psychiatrist <laughs> appointment. I, I won't. You won't. I won't be able to get you there in time. It won't be enough time." Meanwhile, it's like an hour. Uh. You know. You know. So like Ronnie was fun in the sense that he, I mean, he had bad personality and, and a lot of aspects of him were a bad driver, but he was also good. 
Yes. You know, the good outweighed the bad. But what I what I really loved about Ronnie the most was when we would drive around, he was like a tour guide. He would point out the hot chicks. Yes. He toured the hot chicks. He didn't talk tell you about the monuments you were passing. No, but like I'd say, hey, Ronnie. I go, Ronnie, take a look at that girl's ass, and then he would describe. He would, yeah, that's a good ass. He goes, that's it, and he and he'd like look at her. She looks like she's a you know a whore. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, she's a hooker. She, yeah, she's a con. You know, you know, like there would be. He he seemed to know everything about that girl, just from her ass. He could read it. Yeah. Well, he just, he, he'd have a story, you know, he liked, and he, he, and then, a, he and was know, an ass reader. He could and then tell he, how well, that girl was. It was even better than that. Then he'd be like, Ass-treaks. you know, when I was in high school, I dated a chick with an ass like that. And, you know, and I, I stuck my finger in there and I pulled out mud, Ass-treaks. you know, and he was like, it was like being driven by a combination of, uh, Harvey Weinstein and, um, and, uh, and Henry the serial killer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All Let rolled up into one. <laughs> so you miss me, huh? I do. I, you know, it's something I do miss. I, I, I enjoyed Ronnie's commentary. I didn't enjoy, like, I wouldn't enjoy asking him to drive Beth somewhere or to, to go out of his way, or I didn't enjoy when he'd get angry at the other drivers and start slamming his brakes on and rock, putting my head through the windshield. Slamming, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, but um, or <laughs> rocking me around. around. In the back. Yeah, but I do miss the commentary. The, the, you know, yeah, that's like, it was fun to hear Ronnie comment on the girls. How are the girls out in uh, Vegas? Like when you're driving around, Ron, I would imagine because of the warm weather and the Vegas attitude that you would see like like a lot of hot chicks out there. Yeah, But you you know what the thing is? The thing is like, I'm not on the strip. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where all the chicks are really. I mean, yeah, but what about the, like just local to, Las Vegans? Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you go, you go to the mall or you go to, you know, yeah. the post office or the supermarket, uh, you know, there's hot chicks and, they, they, you know, they dress like normal, like normal chicks with tight, you know, tight pants or whatever, tight jeans or yoga pants or whatever. I mean, it, are there a lot of like, fat chicks in Vegas? Like, do you see a lot of, um, like girls in too tight clothes and they and they they don't have great bodies or are you seeing like a lot of women who are in shape i imagine vegas people go hiking in the desert and work out a lot i don't know why i'm imagining this no, i'm trying to get a know, report on hot chicks it's, it's a combination it's a combination of everything it's just like you know it's just like new york it is. you know it, it's it, yeah i mean but don't you, you know. see more like don't you see more belly shirts and titty shirts the, because it's it's warm weather it's not the the intense cold yeah, well, it was not, hanging out. Everything was hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, like, you know, it, it's not always hot, you know, so it's, you see different versions of girls' clothes, you know. Um, it's, Are there it's, any it's girls about, in your local neighborhood like that now, have caught like your eye? It's, 60, it's like 65 degrees now here. Right. So, you know, some, you see them in uh, sweaters and, and boots and stuff. You see girls wearing boots, which is hot. You know, uh, you see the Uggs, they wear in the, Ugg, the Ugg boots, they wear, you know, it, it's just like, it's just like New York. I take it back, Robin. I don't miss this conversation. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what, what you do you want you me to say? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I do miss this. So in other words, what about in the local neighborhood? Do you see any, like, has any hot chick caught your eye? Do you see anybody running around there? You go, holy shit, this is some hot yeah, chick or. 
Yeah, I saw a couple of hot chicks at the mailbox, you know, right. walking oh. around by the, down the block. Because, you know, it's like a uh, community mailbox. You go down, you know, walk down the block, you know. Right. Everybody's mailbox is in one place. And, yeah. Oh, one of see, those. Okay. You see, the, you see the hot chicks with their little kids, you know, walking with the carriage and stuff like that, you know. Have you befriended any of them? Have you, like, kind of hung out with any of them? Because you're good no, at that. No, no, I don't, I, no. I mean, I no. say hi and stuff. That's it. You know. Yeah. Do they you realize you're Ronnie? Yourself? You don't say I'm Ronnie What's the limo driver? What'd you say, Rob? It was what Howard said. What? Do you do, do you introduce, introduce yourself? yourself? Do you say I'm Ronnie no, the I limo just say driver? Hi. No, I don't. No. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Grab I mean, them by uh, the pussy. You grab them by the I mean, pussy? <laughs> grab them by the pussy. <laughs> Rob, you're on the air. Howard, do you ever, when you're driving with, when Ronnie used to drive you around, do you ever sit in the front seat with being no. friends with him, or do you always just sit in the back? No, Ronnie need to know who's boss. <laughs> I sit in the back, he's up front. It's like driving Miss Daisy. I'm back there. I'm not sitting up front with uh, Ronnie. Ronbo. Ronbo. <laughs> Ronbo knows what he's got to do, drive boss around. It'd be a little tight fit up front anyway. Yeah, he, 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 there's not enough leg room up there. But I know I didn't want to sit up front with Ronnie. But one time Ronnie needed me to, one time I drove Ronnie's limo. I actually, what? um, what? yeah, oh, that was, that I was a long time ago. <laughs> no, a long time ago. He, he had something. He, he had to pick up a car or what was the circumstance that I drove the limo, Ron? So we, we had a sponsor in Queens, um, that was like a, a stereo store. If you remember, and I was having some work done on a car, and on the way home we stopped there, we picked it up, and I drove I drove the car home, and you drove the limo. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. it was unbelievable. Was like, how that was, was like, that, that for you? Well, that was the how? old days, like when you know how uh, you know he he, what? he was he was What's a regular the old guy day? then. He was oh, a regular guy. Get the fuck guy. out of here! I regular you know, when guy. We, we would hang. We used to hang out and shit. You know, oh the old crew, God. Wayne Siegel and Neil Drake and all them. You know, that's that's when we used to. Yeah, I was a regular guy because I hung out with you. Yeah, no, not yeah. only oh, me, not yeah. only me. Yeah, you've never and stopped hanging out with people. Look who's talking. You left people and moved to Vegas. Yeah, uh, well, that's and now you're not a regular boring. guy. <laughs> I was talking to somebody who was very good friends with Ronnie the other day. Yeah. And I go, hey, you heard from Ronnie? Uh, not really. Yeah? Oh, bullshit. He's full of shit. I know exactly who you're talking about. Who am I talking about? Dick ass. Joe. <laughs> Joe. That's right. Yeah. Joe, your best friend who you were yeah. in business with. I'm talking yeah. to Joe. I go, Joe, what's and up I, with uh, Ronnie? Dude. He goes, oh, man, I haven't heard from him. He's so I go, you're full kidding. Of shit, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is so full of shit that Talk I Talk about I a guy just, change. I said, I, boy, Ronnie's became a whole big shot, huh? He goes, bullshit, hey, dude. I guess so. Doesn't call like, me. I, I would get in touch with him. He would never mm. fucking call me back. Then he would get mad at me. And I go, what are you, why are you mad at me? You know, I I would reach out to him. You know, when we move out, when we moved out. I here. said uh, Vegas, Ronnie, huh, Joe? And oh, Joe shit. and I sitting there. Talk, yeah, Joe Joe's a, a ex lieutenant in the police department. Great guy. And I go, Joe, gee, some guys, yeah, that Ronnie. I never would have suspected he dumped you. He goes, looks that no, way. Don't wow. Him. 
That's such yeah. bullshit. Such okay. bullshit. I guess Joe. I, I said Joe. You know my what you door, need to do. My door is always open to him. Always. I said Joe. Hold him there. You uh, you need to buy a helicopter company. Then maybe Ronnie will call you for <laughs> yeah, some helicopter rides. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I was fucking. I was I was having a party listening to this. <laughs> yeah. I go, oh, big shot Ronnie out in Vegas. He goes, yeah. Okay. Guy used to speak to me every day. I said, all right. Wow. Well, I, I used to try and huh? speak to him, and then he would never return calls. Mm, that's not the story I heard. Yeah. Well, ask him again. Okay. Because he called he called me and we had a whole thing, like a whole conversation about that. You know. Yeah, meanwhile. Uh, I would reach out to him, he never he wouldn't call me back and I would you know that's what's not your what problem? He said. I would say, What the hell's wrong with you? You know, why aren't you calling me back? Mm. And then it, it was just what's it was just on, I don't know. Boy? It was like I think like he's upset that I left. I don't know. I be, I believe that. That he's upset. He's so upset you stopped calling him. All right. <laughs> no, I did. Anyway, stop um, he stopped answering. Yeah, Mike Perlman even said to me, Ronnie used to always la act like he was better than the other security guards at Sirius, like he was upper oh, echelon. Still, oh, yeah, That's what Mike told him. me. Fuck Perlman, I didn't say yeah. it. Ah! <laughs> yeah, well, go fuck yourself. That's what he said. That's what yeah, he told okay, me. Yeah, well, I was shocked to hear that. Yeah, well, he's an asshole because I was. I still talk to the guy. A lot of the guys. Because so, Ronnie would act like he was in the FBI while these other guys, uh, you know. Yeah, meanwhile, oh, these guys please. were all ex-cops. These guys were all cops. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, so but how he, said, he said you, you well, acted like dead, you were better. Yeah, well, Perlman's a fucking lunatic altogether. <laughs> Perlman, you want to uh, elaborate Perlman's on this? Off the Perlman's off the fucking wall. There was one guy that, that I used to have issues with. That, that used to bust my balls every time he was working with us. I know that guy. And you, and you know who that guy is. Yep. I don't know anything. No, I didn't say I know. you. I know. <laughs> Where's Mike Perlman? Yeah, where is he? Big mouth. Yeah. Okay. He's, He's hiding from you now. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a big mouth when you're not around. Yeah. But exactly. anyway, I do miss like Ronnie's reports on the hot chicks. It was fun. We would drive around and he would point things out to me like a tour guide. It was really awesome. And yeah, I'd sit in the back there. Well, you would have normal conversations with them in the car, chit-chat with them, or, or you just kind of keep silent. And just no, keep we talked about everything. We talked about everything. Yeah, we used to I have don't... some heavy conversations, dude. Yeah. And we yeah. still do. We talk on the phone. We talk. Yep. Not like we used to, but we still talk. Dude. Mike, what was your sense of Ronnie as a security guard? Do you feel he tried to act better than the other security guards? Yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time in the, uh, you know, when we were back at the, you know, in the studio in the hallway with all these guys. And he always had this, like, thing where he always thought he was better. Like, they were, like, really nice guys. Like, all ex-cops, good guys. Oh, and so they were, he, he would, like, just, you like, they so try to joke around and laugh bro, and say hi. He would walk in the corner and not talk to them. Right. He would give that same attitude to so them. Full of shit. I used to That's talk the Ronnie to charm. That's the <laughs> Ronnie charm. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Go, was, steal, go steal some bagels. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these guys are just such nice guys, and they'd say hi to just like that nasty attitude, you, which, which is right. kind of like what you get when you're when, yeah. you, when, you, okay. when you're friends with Ronnie. You know, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. I used to talk to those guys for hours. Don't I, bullshit me. I know. Me. I know. It, it was so like you would, joke, you you know, would joke you know. with them. It was joking. But they don't them, know. Was, they was, don't know you're joking. Right, That's it was it. kind of like yeah. nasty. That's the Ronnie joking personality. <laughs> so full of shit, man.
So you feel he he was like more like Hollywood than the rest of them? Like he's a yeah, celebrity? Right. Not, yeah, yeah he would. I mean, maybe this was part of his job, but he would kind of stand by the studio door. And then two, the other two of them would kind of stand by like that corner. Remember when you walk in, out, right. when you come in yeah. the studio? Yeah, and, yeah. you know, he they would kind of like whenever they would see each other in passing, he would like kind of not, not even really talk to them, but just like that nasty look. And like, yeah, okay. You're so full of shit, dude. And that's the, that was the way it was supposed. That's and sometimes you said to yourself, to I know, I understand. We that, was, but we would switch you yourself, off from. Why, why is he so I, fucking nasty to these guys? Just oh my god, oh. You're, you're such an asshole, Perlman. <laughs> did the did the did the security guys uh, resent Ronnie in some way, or did they respect him? I don't know. Oh yeah, do you they think? resented me. Yeah. I think they liked him. I mean, Ronnie's like a likable yeah, okay. guy. Everybody right. likes Now Ronnie. I'm a likable guy. Two minutes ago, I was a fucking nasty No, I don't think they kid. dislike now you. I'm a, now I'm a likable guy. No, I don't think they dislike you. I don't think the they, they all like you. you. It's just, yeah. That's just, you know, you got that Now attitude. they all like me. You know, you Do you that think attitude. that they didn't like the fact that Ronnie wasn't a cop? You know, like, like Ronnie really, he was the security guy, but he didn't have any background. So maybe they looked at him like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I don't know. Yeah, what's he know. doing walking in the guest? What can he do? <laughs> yeah, like what? What's he doing? Looking in the face of danger. I don't think they was. I don't think they resented him for that. I think they kind of like they looked up to Ronnie a little bit. Like you know, like you know, he had a cool job. You know, you know, but but right. you know, it was it was it was a weird dynamic. Sometimes he'd be a little <laughs> awkward. I'd be standing there. Perlman, you were hardly ever down there. What are you like? Talking what the about? fuck is the matter with you? You know, like, like what are you looking at? Like the guy's a grown man. He's talking to him. Like you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's right. I know. Like the like these guys are ex cops and stuff and Ronnie walks up to him, What are you looking at? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like nice guys too. Sweet yeah. like really nice guys. Like Real guys. sweethearts, yep. Yep. Especially Jimmy, right? Jimmy Break my, break yeah. my fucking Dick balls ass. every break fucking balls two minutes. That much. He was a sweet guy. He was a nice guy. Yeah, I know yeah, I was kidding around. around but he, and they would laugh like sometimes something funny would happen and, and like I would laugh and they what would, would laugh. bother you what would bother you about Jimmy? Oh come on! You used to you you even used to come in and you go. Oh, he's had it already. We just walk in the fucking door and he was breaking my balls. Some days I was like, you know, what's going on out in the halls? Way more entertaining than what we're doing on the air. And, <laughs> no. And I'd be like, shit, we should just put a mic out there. This guy Jimmy would bust you. Ronnie's balls every single day. Like when I say Is bust his right? balls, yeah, it wasn't even funny. It was just like it was just like, hey Ronnie, how's your mustache? Or like, you know, hey Ronnie. <laughs> You know, was, and, and Ronnie would just keep walking. He wouldn't even acknowledge. Yeah, it was, dude, it was five and I'm, and I'm, in the fucking morning, man. Who's and, ready for that shit? And meanwhile, I'm so uncomfortable because Jimmy would start looking at me. And then, I, you know, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't like I'm like you would think Ronnie was the big star. And I'm there to trying to make Jimmy feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one security guard. Who is the guy you used to call this little prick? That was your name for him. This little prick. Uh, I don't. He he's, he goes. Ronnie called the security guard this little prick, and I go, Jesus, yeah. Ronnie, these guys are here to protect me. You piss them off, they're gonna take it out. I mean, well, what are you doing? Who did he call a little prick? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe John. John Ron. John. You know the guy John used to work there. Oh, Johnny? No, John was great. John was a pisser, man. He would have stories like you wouldn't believe. Ronnie, it was the it was the little guy who maybe it's the guy you're talking about that was Jimmy. goofing on you. Yeah, yeah you, Jimmy. You'd always call him a little prick. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. 
You go, what's hour. that little prick up? But I would, today? I would say to Ronnie, I'd say, Ron, you can't call these guys' names. They're there to do security. He goes, he's busting my balls. I go, yeah, but <laughs> you got to stop. Even, you didn't even know half the shit. That oh, went I did. I no, knew I saw with Jimmy. I was there. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm walking in the hall. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there nervous. Yeah, that was, dude, that was only walking into the studio. This would be for five fucking hours all morning long. <laughs> it was the yeah, best. but I don't know it, that. And Howard, Howard, sometimes there'd be a guy there. There'd be like a substitute, like a guy that wasn't there every day, like a guy wasn't there so often, and, and he would just look so confused as to what's going on. Because like <laughs> Ronnie would be in there, they'd be like, "What? What's like? What is he serious? Is he really first?" Being there? <laughs> you you were on the thirty seventh floor. You didn't even. I would really come down. down. We had segments yeah, going on. I know we'd be down, down there, there once in a while. I think Ronnie, all like, you needed was five minutes. You'd be carrying on. You could see what was going on. Oh God. With that anger. Sometimes there was a lady. Well, there you, now you don't have that problem kind. anymore. I know. Remember that really? lady security guard? Yeah, there was a lady security yeah. guard. She was like extra. Uh, she like, she used to work in a prison. I remember yeah. her. Yeah, right. Pussy. Yeah. Well, they put her in the yes. right place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think they all kind of understood, though. Like, they, yeah, they, they, they understood, understood Ronnie's yeah. personality. They didn't okay. have to take it personally. Yeah. They understand your personality, that's for sure. <laughs> I guarantee you. While there was a woman security guard. I don't know about. Oh, I don't know course. about that. I never saw that. But I. I do think that like 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 Jimmy Fallon's security guy who walks around the Tonight Show. It's not walking around calling people pricks and assholes and you know and like not talking to anybody. Ronnie had a whole way, but I miss it in a way. I mean, what I do miss is walking. You know, like driving around with Ronnie and him like pointing. Like we go through Columbus Circle and he would point out the different chicks. Uh. And what their story was. Like he kind of, he radar in on them and focus on them and point out different things about their clothing. Or... I know you'd get excited at that time of the year when the coats came off. Yeah. We and that's go, when Man. Ronnie would start. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie would always start off every spring with like, well, the titties are out. <laughs> and I'd be like, yep. That's a, that's a big thing here that I'll, I'll, I guess a lot of people don't like when it gets colder here, you know, right for uh, like a couple of weeks and uh they, they you see that they still try to walk around like it's summer like right you know there's still no coats you know belly shirts the whole thing you know 36 and, and meanwhile they're probably freezing their asses off but they still want to keep you know they keep the look up of you know it's still warm out you know with the big titties and uh yeah the nips right yep. Yeah, see, right that's what I miss. Hey, Ronnie, over the years, my friend, step in and use your security skills to protect Howard. Say that again. What do you say? What'd you say? Uh, over the years, with with uh, with uh, with Ronnie uh, being a security guard, has he ever had to step in and and actually protect you, Howard? We won't talk about that. We don't talk about situations. What's the matter with you, Ronnie's like the FBI. He, he's uh, right. he's got a code. If he's he like told Batman. You'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say Ronnie one time had to carry me in his arms yeah. <laughs> over the threshold. Almost, almost. Uh, bodyguard. That's right. Um, th yeah, I mean, the the thing, too, that was so revealing about Ronnie, like we'd hire somebody new, and, and it was a thing. We'd have to explain to the new people about Ronnie. There like, was don't special be offended. instructions for Ronnie? Yeah, so that's when you know when Ronnie's like a thing. Because it would yeah. be like, you know, like we'd hire a new writer or just a production assistant or somebody who would work in, in the bowels of, uh, you know, the Howard Stern show. Sure. And uh, and it'd be like, you know, 
Hey, by the way, Ronnie is a kind of a security guard, but mostly like he, he then we bring him in on air and, 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 you know, he has like an attitude, like it's an angry attitude. So, you know, you have to explain that he's not really mad at you, but it's a shtick. That's not true. That's amazing. I didn't know that was going on, that people got special. Oh, it wasn't going on, Ron. It was. How to deal with Ron. When I started, they gave me that talk. (laughs) What'd they say? Oh, shit, dude. They said, like, in the morning, he might swear or whatever, but it's just Ronnie. And I knew the show. I got it. Yeah, the more Howard. Uh, Howard, what was he like before he was like really Ronnie the limo driver? Like I, oh. I kind of seen videos of him back in the day, like before K Rock when he was younger. He seemed like a like a it was like a different personality. Yeah. He looked different. Was well, he more he, like uh, yeah, yes, yes. He was more <laughs> subdued. He was more respectful. Like he wasn't running around. Let's fuck some whores and all that. Dude, he that didn't was have your any of that. Fault. You built that shit, man. I know. Your fault. I uh, it you. is my fault. But he did his whole personality change because he used to just sit in the front of him. He goes, why the fuck did Ralph get a personal appearance? I, I, I wish I, you know, I wish people knew about him. I wish I could go out and do these things and blah, 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 blah. So then, you know, because he never was on the air. And then all of a sudden, around when Kinnison would come in, he'd call in. And then I started bringing him up to the studio to do security, blah, 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 blah. That's when he blossomed. It was like, right. you know, and people would kind of reward his bad behavior. Because well, he, I remember you know, there were a couple of phone calls. Somebody had said something about you or to you, and then you know they'd be on the air apologizing or whatever. And Ronnie would call in; he wasn't accepting any apologies. And that was first them out. <laughs> well, but you say when did what you're asking, Mike? Is when did Ronnie really work into being Ronnie, the full blown out Ronnie? And I know exactly. We used to go to scores. When we started going, Ronnie somehow latched on to Lonnie, who ran scores. We latched on to each other, dude. Yeah, like like it was kismet. Lonnie needed an in at the radio show, and Ronnie was more than willing to assume the role. <laughs> you know, he probably scores on everyone's door. Ronnie answered. That's true. Ronnie answered. <laughs> Lonnie like kind of tried to find someone who he could kind of like you know. Yeah. And Ronnie took to it like a fish to water. Yeah. And then Lonnie kind of hung out with Ronnie. All the strippers thought Ronnie was an owner. The way Lonnie oh, he was used sucking to talk up to him. Ronnie up. Right. Yeah. This is Ronnie. <laughs> Lonnie would go, this is Ronnie, very important player at the Howard Stern show. And also he's an owner of scores. Like he would even say he's an owner. <laughs> I had business cards. Now, Howard, and, yeah, do you resent yeah, Lonnie for this? No, no, Lonnie was just, Lonnie was a great guy. Lonnie was, you know, always, you know, good to us. But then all of a sudden, Ronnie broke out of his horny cocoon. Yeah. I remember the day, and all of a a sudden, and then Ronnie wasn't married anymore before you knew it. And he became full-blown out Ronnie, 100% metamorphosized. He became angry. Like, Who's that guy? <laughs> all of a sudden, the yeah, world okay. was going to pay for all the mistreatment and all the like ignor- ignoring him. The Nobody world was his oyster. Everyone ignored about? you. The whole no, world ignored didn't. you. Sure they did. They didn't. Sure they did. Your only friend was Town Car Jack, and he didn't even like you. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Not my only friend. Oh, stop it. But uh, and then. We knew Ronnie had gone completely from a from a fly to a butterfly when 
He showed up at John Hines' daughter's bat mitzvah with the 20, you know, the girl who looked like she was 20. Yeah. I didn't even been. Whoa, 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 whoa. Beautiful Stop Stephanie. That's right. He was a beautiful butterfly with a boner the size of a fucking elephant. And that was the day <laughs> that was it the went day. from everybody talking about Gary at a, a function or somebody else at a function. It became Ronnie at the function. Ronnie. What Ronnie did Ronnie became, do? Exactly. Ronnie became the man. He became the main event. It was the complete metamorphoses of Ronald J. Mund. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm scores, man, damn it. And I'm about getting drunk. I'm about having fun. I'm about having a good time. I'm about meeting girls. I'm about meeting guys. And whoever doesn't like it can go fuck themselves because that's what I'm all about. I'm scores, man. And that's what scores, man, is all about. It was a, it was a horny renaissance like no one had ever seen before. I mean... It was that me was the day. About it. Everyone thought Ronnie walked in with the bat mitzvah girl. Turned out Ronnie was. Uh, yeah, we thought she was the butt. one of well, John's daughter's yeah, you, friends. You want to know? You you want to know the funny thing? Um, <laughs> you talk you talk about Bob Saget, and when I heard, you know, I saw it on Instagram last night about him passing away. Um, when he used to come to the show, when he first met his girlfriend, he would take me in the green room and he'd go, "How's things going with you and Stephanie?" He goes. Don't let them bust your balls, man. Just just go with it. I got my <laughs> nice young girlfriend, too. We're happy. And he used to talk to me about it every time he came in. A true gentleman, Bob Saget. What a great memory. <laughs> Caring about uh, everyone. Yeah, he always cared. Oh, a mentor. A mentor to horny Ronnie. <laughs> Don't feel guilty, Ronnie. Boom. Don't you let them talk you out of this, Ronnie. It's you and me against the world. By the way, uh, MSNBC, MSNBC just called. They they want they need you, Ronnie, for an interview about the memories of Bob Saget. <laughs> they want that quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a eulogy. Great guy. great guy, man. Fuck everyone. He was a great guy. He was a great he guy. He was. He's a very That's friendly, right. nice man. I love Bob Saget. I remember when Bob turned to me and said, Howard, just enjoy that young pussy. <laughs> and I said, yes, Bob, thank you. He was like, I'm not going to be ashamed. <laughs> Let me see that be pussy. Uh, Rodney, you're on the air in uh, Nevada. Hunt. Neighbor of Ronnie's. Hey, now. Hey, now. Yes, I love you, Ronnie, but I'm calling to, to help you out here. Hey I've now. been living in Las Vegas about four and a half years. And there yeah, my wife's go. got stationed here. Listen. No, listen. You, did, you sound like you don't even go to the Strip, Ronnie, because if I you don't, go out there, first of all, I every, don't go every to the Strip, dude. I don't go to the Strip. Finish? I've said that a million times already. Okay. Well, I think it's proper, okay? The city of Las Vegas, to your point, it really is night and day compared to the Strip. This town is really into fitness. And like Howard mentioned, like there's a lot of really great places to hike. So like everywhere you go, the grocery store, it doesn't matter. That There's smoking hot chicks in yoga pants. My kids are in I private school. I think I said that. Okay? I That's think what I, I would that. think. That's why I asked you. I said, Ronnie, you must be getting an eyeful out there because, to me, I think of Vegas. Even, you know, just Nevada and the weather and the, you know, and, 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 and the periphery. I would think of, I think they would be smoking hot chicks. That's what I would there, think. There is. I say that. You're downplaying it. it doesn't, no, you said it's like everywhere else. Dude, no, it's not like you no, walk into a... a strip club if you walk into the supermarket. If this guy says that's true, he's full of shit. Lies. It's not right. true. Lies. It's not true. 
Hey, it's not true. Listen, asshole. there's also a military. There's also a military base here, and uh, yeah, I know there's, there's a military a base. Oh so, my god! Hey, yeah. I'm not. I'm talking to Howard. I'm trying to. I'm Good. trying to no, you, you were just so, talking to me. <laughs> no, no, I'm calling. No, no, to I'm me. calling to help you out. <laughs> Like there was an asshole called in the other day who lived, the guy who lived here for 40 years and decided to leave, but he left his whole family here. So the place is a shithole, according to him. But yet this guy must be the biggest fucking, the guy must have been the biggest fucking I I don't know why you're so angry. I'm just trying to hear what Rodney has to say. I'm just trying to hear what this gentleman has to say. I don't. uh, I'm trying to explain to you about the place you go. It's not like a a fashion show every time. I'm sorry. No, I understand. He's full of shit. All right, all right, Rodney. I'm sorry. Right, Rodney's so, upset. So, 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 listen. So, my kids are in private school. So, like, all the the all the fucking milfs, they're all married to pilots. So, like, every broad, and they're dressed like they're going to the fucking club. You go, I go to drop my children off at school, and every <laughs> one of these broads has the fucking yoga pants and fucking tight little skirts. Man, they're just hot. But my neighbors on either side of me, they're young couples. I would say like late twenties, early thirties. Both of my fucking neighbors' wives are fucking smoking. And then when you go into uh, the casinos down on Fremont Street, first of all, all down Fremont Street, you got chicks that will pose for pictures that just have their titties painted. They're completely naked. (laughs) And then you go in the casinos. All the strip clubs were closed for COVID. So guess where all the strippers started working? At the casinos as the dealers. And they have hot chicks that dance on top of the fucking uh, on top of the tables while you're gambling. Oh, it's shit, fucking dude. beautiful. He's, he's full of Let's shit. Oh, oh, Let's fuck some of Ronnie, I will take you out with me. I would fucking I'm love to take you, you out. I'm not going out I don't need to go out. Maybe I don't you need should. to go out with you. Sounds like you're missing no, out on you, you're, you're missing I'll out on some of the things you should be able to tell us about. First of all, during COVID, when the strip clubs were closed, so were the casinos. So he's so full of shit, dude. This guy might be hornier than you, Ronnie. I think he'd be a good friend. It's a fucking guy. Yes, what are you? Both, all right, all right. Thank you. Oh, come on, on. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. I hear you, Rodney. All right, thank you. I, I thought you would have bonded with this dude. He could show you some things. He knows which supermarket. You don't want to and... see the girls dancing on the gambling table? No, I don't believe <laughs> you. Don't that want to meet fucking minute. You don't you want to see his neighbors. Happen at casino. You don't want to go pick up his kids with him and see the hot fucking chicks. <laughs> no, I don't. Wow, you've changed. Ronnie, are there I know a lot of guys down there in your situation, like what you know, older guys with a younger girlfriend, like you know, significantly younger that you see? You see a lot of that. You see that everywhere. No, Not down in Vegas, I'd imagine you'd see it a little oh, bit yeah. more. Oh yeah, Vegas, imagine I see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that in New York though. No, only in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, only in Vegas. Well, now that you left, we don't I mean, see it in New York. Yeah. yeah, you left and you took all the fun away. Oh, yeah, you were you were the king of it. <laughs> The king, <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who follow Ronnie, Ronnie retweeted seven pictures of women this morning, three ass shots and four titty shots. So That's thank you right. For that. That's my boy Emilio. He's up there first thing early in the morning. Yeah. Putting up with the, you, I miss Ronnie, those pictures man. up. Yeah, I miss you Ronnie. Do you miss, I miss him, Mike? I miss what do you miss about him? You know, like you walk into the, you know, the compound and you see, like, you know, he'll be standing there with his... With that look on his face, that put that big mustache yeah. and the puss and the and the you know he'd be wearing the pink shirt with the with the with the matching undershirt underneath. Which That's right, loved. brother. He missed all yeah, that because he always yeah. wore like he always wore like a like a light colored shirt, like pink, a turquoise. 
And then it yeah. totally contradicted the look on his face because he looked all mean and angry. But then he had like a pink shirt on. <laughs> how, how come you so, you haven't looked? You don't look too dark today, Mike. You haven't been to oh, the, the tanning parlor. No, this guy, guy lived in the tanning booth, man. He's got lived that in his there. arsenal. He'd come. He'd come there in the in the morning. He be his face would be on fire. Never. <laughs> it would glow like he was in Chernobyl. Oh, I don't like he was in Chernobyl. Like he was like fucking. I'm always outside. I can't. I can't. I can't sit in the house all day. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, the panty booth. No, I'm yeah. always outside. I'm, I'm an outside guy. Yeah, you're all an right. Outside. All right, guys. All right. It's all fun and games until it isn't. So there How's you go. Well, it seems that everybody misses Ronnie. I miss that. Yeah. I miss everybody. I do. Yeah. Well, when you listen. coming back? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, you know, I still got I got stuff going on here. I got to be here, so you know. I was I reflecting. I yeah, go ahead. Going on with the house. I still kind of have this yeah. fantasy that he's going to come back, Howard. Like I, f I feel like he's going to like something's going to something's going to happen in Vegas that's just going to turn him off, and he's going to come right back to New York. <laughs> You're so wrong, dude. That'd be so wrong. That'd be funny. come back here. Nah, <laughs> that'd be great, man. You got to come back. I mean, what are you doing? What are you what doing, doing over there? What am I doing? I'm having a good time and enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my life. Up and left. What's Let that? me ask you something, Ron. If right. Stephanie broke up with you, God forbid, yeah. but let's say she breaks up with you. Let's say something okay. happens. Okay. Would you still live in Vegas? Yeah. Hmm. What am I going to pick up everything and leave? No. Vegas. <laughs> I think you would leave if she broke up uh, with you. No, I would. I think you'd Yeah, I mean, if her. you have to see her all the time with her new guy or whatever. Right. Vegas. Yeah, let's say she's with the next door neighbor. You got to move out. Can't watch that every day. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's funny, though. It's it's true what the guy said, though. My next door neighbor is a pilot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a lot of pilots. <laughs> and these yeah, pilots like 20, are... tw probably like in his late 20s. Yeah. Really good looking guy. Early 30s. Yeah. yeah, he's a nice dude. Nice Top guy. Gun. Hi, Stephanie. Yeah, I'm a pilot. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Stephanie, get back in the house. Stay away from him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But if that if that happens, I think Ronnie'd come think right Ronnie's back to New York. Back. Yep. I think he'd move in with Mike Perlman. That's what I think they'd be rooming. Well, that's what, I, that's what I always ask Stephanie. I go, if I drop dead tomorrow, would you stay here or would you move? She'd stay. Yeah, she said she would stay. Yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, yep. Yep. I mean, Top Gun's next door, so. There's <laughs> <laughs> plenty going oh on God. there. Oh yeah, Top, oh Top Gun's not married either. Oh oh yeah, exactly. We better get right back with her to New York. <laughs> it's the worst nightmare. <laughs> All right, Rombo. Uh, yeah, I miss Ronnie. I miss I miss being in the car with him and uh, hearing his commentary. That was the that was what I was trying to get at. It was the best. Look at that! Look at that chick over there. She thinks she's so fucking hot. Look at that dude she's with. Jesus Christ! How'd he get her? <laughs> probably probably not even his, her boyfriend. How do you know that? I know. Believe me. All right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the running commentary as you're rolling yeah. down the street. And then like then then it would morph into Ronnie telling you about some sexual experience he had. This oh, fucking dude, chick, yeah. she was fucking so fucking wet, dude. 
<laughs> but it was, like, it was like a gushing out of her. And I'm like, That's oh, true. Just a, yeah. <laughs> I don't even. Ronnie remembers that story. Red. Yeah. Cunt. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. She was so turned on this chick. You couldn't. You couldn't believe it. You jiggle that clit and help. <laughs> <laughs> and I missed it. I mean, like, it was like, you know, now I go, hey, Ron, what's going on in Vegas? What about these chicks? Ah, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, not the same. That good because. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, he used to be so excited about the chicks. But I guess you have to go all the way to the mall. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to go to the mall to see the chicks. What a supermarket. Yeah. You know. What happened to like rolling down the window and yelling out cunt or something fun? <laughs> cunt! Cunt! Yeah. Well, cunt. you have to do that. You got to go to the shopping mall to cunt. do that here. What is, yeah. Like I said, the supermarket. Everything Jason, is, you're... Is, is malls and sh- uh, shopping, you know. Jason. 69! You're on the uh, air with uh, everybody and, uh, and right. you're in uh, Tennessee. Jason from Tennessee. That's go right. ahead. Nashville. But I want to call right. bullshit on Ronnie. Do you just sit of at course. home now? Don't go out or anything? Because I was at the D Casino, and there's strippers dancing all over the place. You need to get out really? of the house, man. You're yeah, saying the on casino, the... casino, they had girls. Stripping on the... on the, on the They were dancing on the tables of the of the casino. <laughs> He's so full yep. of shit. They're not naked or anything, but they are like go-go dancers, skimpy clothes, 100%. Yeah, dancing, dancing on house, the blackjack... Dancing on the blackjack tables, right? Behind behind the dealers, not on the tables themselves, but behind them. <laughs> okay. Maybe you do have to get out, Ronnie. Right. That sounds good. You, yeah. You yeah. Locked, is Stephanie locking you a house now? Like protecting yeah, you or he something? Locks, she locks me in the house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't let him out. All right. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> I'm a prisoner. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, Ron, uh, good to talk to you. Mike, thank you. Uh, you got thanks for the bullshit stories, Mike. Yeah, right. Oh, he just wanted to see you, Ron. Cut. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. He misses me. I know Cut. he does. That's my man right there. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, uh, Mike, Ronnie told me he we, we were supposed to have a last drive together. We never got it because of COVID. It would have been nice, but we right. never got it. I know. You guys have been yeah. together for a long time. Yeah. How many Vegas. years, Ronnie? <laughs> Uh, November was 36. 36 years, I know, Ronnie. That's, that's Howard, quite I a friendship. A you, I saw a picture of the two of you guys from like a, like 30 69! years ago. Ronnie, Ronnie, looks like, Ronnie looks like a mafia hitman. Like he, he looks like, <laughs> like he looks like a, like he's straight out of like one of those like uh, like early 90s mafia movies. Like you know, <laughs> that's when we used that's when we used to hang out, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hung the out with you day. every day. The good old days. Ronnie's got it in his head that I should be hanging out with him. No, I'm just he saying that was in his head that everyone should be hanging out with him. Oh, full of yeah. shit, Robin. You used to hang out with us also. See? You're another one. You used to See? fucking hang out in my house every Thanksgiving. With you, used to, the, you used to sit on you the used fucking to... floor and watch wrestling every fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> and you used to hang out with Joe, and now you don't. Right. Yeah, because I don't live there anymore. No. He says you don't even call him. All right. I, that's little bullshit. Prick. <laughs> All right, thank you. Such a little prick. All right, there's Ronnie and Mike Perlman, power couple. Mike Perlman. Mike Perlman. Yeah. Mike Perlman. He's got shot. <laughs> he got shot. Shot. <laughs> he got shot. He did. Mike he took Perlman. A bullet. Mike Perlman. Yeah. Mike All Perlman. Right. He's got yeah. shot. He got shot. 
Shot. <laughs> yeah, he got shot. And he survived. Right, Ronnie loves you. You're a tough guy. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He is. Somebody unwrap my fucking bagel. <laughs> yeah, look at, right. him, look at him. Look at him. He can't keep the smirk <laughs> off his face. I know he, he, fucked fucked I know he fucking did it. You know it. Oh, please. Mike, yeah. you getting oh, laid you know at all? I mean, Mike, Mike's like yeah. one of the best looking guys on the show. Are you getting laid at all? Yep. I got a girl. What's your I've story? been dating this girl for the past uh, couple months now. Oh, pandemic made you get a girl. Oh, uh, yeah, about uh, <laughs> for about a little over six months now. Yeah. Well, how do you get these girls? Do you just like go into a bar and they just flock to you because you're so good looking? This girl that I met now, it's funny. Cause she, she, I met her cousin and I went, her cousin asked me to, I, I met her cousin through a mutual friend and her cousin said to me, oh, why don't you come out to hang out one night at, uh, at this restaurant? I met her at a bar at this restaurant. And uh, her cousin was there with with the girl that I'm dating now, and I just kind of hit it off with her. And uh, we've been dating for the past couple months now. You know, when oh, you're so a good looking guy, was interested in you, but you liked the other girl. Yeah, her cousin didn't really mind though, because I was I didn't really start anything with her, so it was like the first oh, okay. date. So we just kind of met her, and then that's the great thing about being a good looking guy. <laughs> you know, like no cousin ever said to me, "Hey, why don't you come out?" with us like no girl ever said why don't you come out with us like with like in mind like hey maybe i'll date you or one of us will date you and then like when you're a hot guy like he like he goes and he goes yeah i didn't even like that one i picked the other one like like there was a choice like that's right you have been so concentrating on the girl who asked you there oh my god i wouldn't even you notice the annoying. other one yeah i'm like wait i think i got a shot with i mean i didn't i mean my life was so different and it's all based on these looks like no girl ever said to me, "You've got to come to dinner with us." And 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 then there's another girl there. Wow! And I I I picked that one. <laughs> I couldn't get how, the cousin, know, let alone the cousin's hot friend. How you know how many girls I come across that that like say that they 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 think you're hot, man? Like girls that are younger. That's horseshit. They, they you know no, what it's it is? not. They tell me they're I'm like famous. They, 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 I'm no, famous. No, I don't think it's I, because I of that. I don't think it's because. Yeah. They said there's something about him, like they, they you know, something. Yeah. They, 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 not do. anymore. They like they're into you. Yeah, they can't put their finger on it. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, they see with you, they can put their finger on it. Me, they can't put. They're like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, that's it's crazy. Something, something right, about but that's, him. You know, that's something that you can. When I was in my 40s, I had a good little period of time there, but now I look like shit. It's awful. I mean, uh, you know, there was a time. There was a moment in time when Ronnie was witness to it. Yeah, you had that right? real rock, real rocker look, man. Yeah, and remember all the hot visit. chicks. Yeah, you know, right after my divorce, I had a string of hits. <laughs> right, Ron, it was impressive. Yep, yep, Cunt. it was. Sometimes I had to be banging in my car. I didn't even have time to get home. No, that's titties. Awesome. Ronnie had to sit up there and put the divider up so I could bang. Yep. But right, you heard. I me. don't remember anything. There you go, good man. Was That's Ronnie like your was that? Ronnie like your um like you know your your main guy through all that like that period of time yeah. where he was just yeah. kind of like coordinating it all for you? It, no, it was all good because Ronnie would um they would look at Ronnie and they go, hey, you know what, you don't look so bad. <laughs> Ronnie was perfect. <laughs> Ronnie was great. There was no threat. <laughs> Talk about a great wingman. <laughs> <laughs> he was my wingman. No, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie was one of my guys. Sure, I hung He was with like Ronnie. a consigliere. He was like a consigliere yeah. of Ronnie. Of that Ronnie, movie, right? yeah, Ronnie. It was a bunch of guys we'd hang out. Me, oh, there Ron, was a crew. 
Uh, Ralphie, right? Ralph and... uh, Rossie, Ralphie. Rossie, (laughs) Ralphie, Ronnie, Richie. Richie. Ralphie. (laughs) The Pussy Posse. Except the Pussy Posse had to go... We had to go to clubs at 8 8, 8 p.m. Because Howard had to be at work the next morning. So by 9 p.m. we had to wrap it up. Pussy is awesome. (laughs) Pussy is the greatest. Right. Yeah, no, Ronnie was there. But I'm afraid I had a bad influence on Ronnie. Because he went kablooey. <laughs> Next thing I know. But I mean, you know. how much of a goody two-shoes was Ronnie before, before the, you know. Oh, my who God. Knows? Let me tell you, I have one story that will tell you how different Ronnie was. Oh, this ought to be When good. Howard and the guys would be. Uh, in a room with Jessica Hahn doing hijinks and getting in the bathtub and all that stuff, Ronnie would come to my room and have dinner with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's really what yeah. was wrong with you? Jessica Hahn was putting on a show and you missed it. I would leave because I was like, I'm not into all this. Let them have their fun. And the next thing I know, there'd be a tap, tap, tap at the door, and Ronnie would say, "Ah, oh, let me, uh, you know, I'll have dinner with you." We'd oh, it's fucking crazy! And sit there and talk. Yeah, we'd go to L.A. and Jessica Hahn would say, "I'm coming over to do a lingerie show." Next thing I know, I got half of the LAPD in my room, in my hotel room, <laughs> watching Jessica Hahn put on a lingerie show. <laughs> I'm like, "What's going on?" I don't even know how all those guys ended up in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I know it'd be crazy. Yeah, like, like. Wait a second. You guys are LAPD. How do I know you again? Like, it would just happen. <laughs> How'd you get in? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was the, Ronnie was the main security guy at that po- at that time, right? Well, I mean, eventually. I, mean, you, I don't know. Well, yeah, Ronnie always. But he was, you know, the driver. But, you know, everybody hung out. But when mm, they right. started the hijinks, Ronnie would come and find me and we'd go have dinner. Yeah. There you go. Something happened. Something had, I think whether there it was, was something, a different guy, I'm telling you. Yeah, something had, some, there was a switch that got turned off. <laughs> it never got turned <laughs> off. Like yeah. nobody can find it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I blame it all. Anyway. I blame it all on Lonnie. <laughs> Lonnie. I think Lonnie did it, but all right. Maybe. What the hell? Ronnie's happy and that's all that matters. All right. Cut. Listen, guys, uh, thank you. And I do want to mention things this morning. I want to talk about I don't about know if I them. said cunt. You, yeah, you said it, Ron. It's well, okay. You, you can you go now. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it. That's his word, by Cut. the way. Yes. Thank you, Ronnie. Okay. He loves pussy. Young strippers. <clears throat> Boy. Even though he could be their grandpa. <laughs> no, fuck it. Who cares? Ronnie's an old dirty creep. The clean bunghole gets the kiss. He Good little song about Ronnie. She says <laughs> what did you do that you have all <laughs> I don't know. to give us this morning? I don't know. It's weird. I'm belching, but I don't know why. I'm thirsty as hell. All I know well, is I'm having a bad morning. Water. That's not helping? I'm just, I don't know. Having a bad morning, cause I think it's because of Bob Saget. I'm like, mm, what happened you're, here? You're, he uh, having the experience in other ways. 
Yeah, I'm like, he's dead, and like, I can't. I don't think I've uh, come to believe it yet. Maybe it's a hoax. You know, no one's been talking about Bob Saget yeah, for you a know, while. They say reportedly, so <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, we should start like consp- like these conspiracy theory guys. They're like, yeah, the vaccine doesn't work, or there is no such thing as COVID. They just make shit up. We should go. Bob Saget's not dead. These, it's the media. They're they're fucking with you. Like that's right. Like when when Trump comes out and go you know, like, I thought Biden's speech was great. You know, finally a, a Democrat is willing to say, you know what, Trump's a fucking maniac. We haven't seen anything like this since Adolf Hitler. We might literally have a guy who who literally went on. We have a tape of him calling up an election official in Georgia and saying, "Find me votes. I don't care how you do it." Like like a mafiosa. Yeah. yeah, you can do it. And, and like we have a tape of that, and that's not treason, and that's not like reason to, to to. I thought fucking with a federal election is like beyond the worst crime you can do in this country. Our free election. Well, the whole something that basis. he revealed was that the president is almost immune from from uh, the law. Yeah. So now people just make shit up. They say whatever they want. They they don't resign when they do something dumb. Even if you're accused of, like, I don't know, raping a child, they'll be like, yeah, you know, that's not true. And I'm staying in. It's unbelievable. You know, I haven't seen this kind of following since World War II. The German people, you know, they interviewed Germans afterwards. They go, we, we, well, we didn't like Hitler. We didn't like him. You know, I just went along for the job. I went along with it. Listen, they told (laughs) me to do it. I did it. You know, it's not my fault. Like, what's going on in this country? All fucking. I mean, you know, it's it's getting to the point where they're now on the news saying, you know, it might be the end of our democracy. We might have an autocracy, like we might have a Vladimir Putin, and Vladimir Putin would be played by Trump, and but like he'll be Trump and he'll, Vladimir Putin. Apparently, is a a real tough guy. We will have the the marshmallow strongman, the powder puff guy. Well, listen. Anytime you talk about, you're not going to have a free election. And you're going to have people rigging the election. I mean, yeah, and, and now you're and, getting people elected to positions where but, they'll be responsible for certifying the vote. So it's whoever certifies the vote. You can't trust that the person's there to do the right thing. They're going to have right. the vote they want. And then you like then you read about um, like like you see these uh, senators who were all not senators, Congress people who were all shook up the day. Oh, I guess they were senators too. Yeah, yeah, they were all shook up the day of uh, January sixth, and they they were like, "Oh my god!" And they, you know, like Republican dudes, and they're like, "Oh shit!" We, you know, this is outrageous. And, and then you see them on the news now, and they go, "There was nothing happened January sixth. These people were very nice people. They're very calm. like they they drank the Kool Aid or something. It's so fucking weird and frightening and weird. And they these conspiracy theorists and people believe in this shit." And, and and it's just, and, and people, you know, I imagine people who escape from authoritarian countries are begging us not to fuck this up. We're the one hope. I mean, if this country no, goes Melania's down. No, Melania's not. <laughs> well, if it's no Melania's longer a democracy. all for it. But if, if, if this country goes down, every other democracy will go down. It'll, they'll just, it'll fall like dominoes. And I, and I, listen, I know Donald, I can't believe this is all over Donald Trump. I, I don't even believe that he's the guy who's pulling it off, but he is. 
He's got these people like the, 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 these these uh, senators and congressmen. They're afraid of him, and they're afraid. What does he want us to say? So Biden got up and said, "Listen, January six was a horrible thing. It was a real attempt at a coup here to make sure that the government uh, didn't. Uh, we didn't have the free exchange of uh, of presidents. We didn't have you know the elected uh, you know you know the peaceful transition a of power. They call it transition of power, and, yeah. and we didn't have it." And then you hear these uh, Trump supporters, uh, January 6th was staged by the FBI or the Dem- The FBI? You think that they, I mean. Yeah, it was Antifa. It wasn't us. <laughs> and I don't know what the goal is over at, like, uh, Fox News. I, you know, they, well, they the stay in private. Well, the other thing is, people, like, you got Hannity calling anybody he can saying he's got to get on TV and stop this mess. Yeah, and now those are freedom fighters. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, w- w- I don't understand. I just well, don't understand. N- what you should understand is that all of those people are pieces of shit, and they don't care about the country. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. And what's they don't going care on. about people. They don't care about you. Well, I don't know. It's just very confusing to me and uh, very upsetting. So, you know, they're saying, you know, Biden's speech was very direct. They were like, hey, January 6th happened, and here's the reason it happened. Yeah, don't That's call it, it a, a possible coup, a possible this or a possible that. And in, it is, an, it was an insurrection. That's what, what it was. It wasn't protesting. So do you know what, uh, flu, let me see if I say this right, Fluorona is? Do you know what Fluorona is? Yes. It's uh, a flu and corona at the same time. Listen to this now. There are people who have fluorona. (laughs) And uh, this is, you're infected with COVID and you got the flu at the same exact time. And uh, fluorona, which loosely translates to, I think you're fucked if you've got this fluorona. Well, I don't know. It's like if it's King Kong versus Godzilla of sickness, and you've got them like both going Like, who's going to win? <laughs> right. Who's going to take over your body? <laughs> what you don't want to catch is Fluorona AIDS, which is the next thing I want to introduce. <laughs> it's flu, corona, and AIDS all at the same time. It's the trifecta. Holy moly. Fluorona. We don't need this word. Fluorona. No, stop it. Stop coining these words. Well, I mean, there's so much COVID already. Do we really want to now have Fluorona? Stop it. Well, the way you get Corona is the way you'll get the flu. And both are out there now looking for you. Yeah, it's scary. But I've never seen them mash up in uh, illnesses before. You know, like you never saw like cancer and, uh, you know, toe fungus, you know, (laughs) Uh, you never never saw people try to. Now it's Florona. Like I have um, micropene schnoz. (laughs) I've got a small penis with a big nose. And so there you go. In, In Turkey, they got. They got a new variant or something, and they're calling it um, Delta Cron. There's a, what? I think Delta Delta came back, and then there's some other variant, so they're calling it Delta Cron. Hmm. So I don't know what's in Turkey. They got something new. I can't. Well, keep you up. know, I'm, not every one of them gets to us. 
you know, some of these variants aren't successful. You know, because remember you were talking about moo at one point and that mm. never became anything. Right. Some of them aren't going to be super spreaders. Let's hope. But there could be one that's a major killer. See, that's what we're dancing with. Delta Cron. Here's a guy who thinks I have to get my facts straight. The elections were rigged. Let me okay. let me see what he let me let me hear this. I, I'm I'm up for it. I'm just gonna let him talk. Okay, Nick, you're on. You can you can tell me. Nick. Hmm. Hello. You there? Hi. Yes, you're on the air. No, and then he hung up. I, I was up What's for kind of like hearing. Nick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks the elections were rigged. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, some people are praising Biden for his speech, saying, "You know, good job." But, I mean, do you, you think direct. it really changed anybody's mind? No, no, nobody's mind has changed. But it was a good speech. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution. He can't accept he lost, even though that's what 93 United States senators his own attorney general, his own vice president, governors and state officials in every battleground state have all said he lost. Well, I like the speech. I st- the thing I like most about the insurrection is all these news anchors, news anchors going erection instead of insurrection. I still <laughs> love that. I got clips of uh, Steve Romo from NBC News, Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer, he's not good at any job he does. He, he can't even <laughs> say insurrection. What's he doing now? He's on Newsmax. And oh, Jamie God. Gangle from CNN, they all, they all fucked up insurrection. And we're learning new details from the House panel investigating the insurrection. Now, according to Elias, anyone who assisted former President Donald Trump's team in encouraging challenges to the election results in Congress or participated in the erection, insurrection. Texts, <laughs> emails, calls. While the events of the erection, uh, the, excuse me, after 40 years, I can't believe I did that on TV, insurrection was happening. I don't even think erection is that close to insurrection. I mean, it's a pretty major jump to say erection. I could see if you're trying to say election and you say erection, but insurrection, erection, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's leaving off a whole part of the word. <laughs> I'll start a conspiracy theory. These people are doing it for ratings. They just like to get the uh, word erection on. They yeah. want to just titillate the audience by saying erection. Yeah. Um, a couple other things I just would like to mention. And I also want to make sure, Robin, today I get to some of the fan feedback. Oh. That, uh, yeah. Fans are talking. Um, there's a bit of a dating update. Olivia Jade is dating Jacob Elordi from uh, one of my favorite shows on Netflix, The Kissing Booth. Oh. Yeah. Easy, Robin. I just almost threw up. (laughs) (laughs) 
This kid's on a roll. The guy, Jacob Alordi, was dating Kaya Gerber. Who did what is he play in the kissing booth? He's the good-looking dude, the tall, good-looking okay. dude he, who kisses, uh, uh, what's her name, the, the lead girl. He dated her after the movie. What's her name? Right. You know who I mean. Jamie. I know who you mean, and I can't think of her name. I can't think Joey of her name King. either. Joey King. Right. I was going to say Jamie King, and I knew it sounded wrong. Joey King was dating Jacob Elordi. He dumped her, grabbed onto Kaya Gerber, who's a, oh. you know, great catch, good-looking kid. And she's well, you know, daughter. she shows up on a lot of people's lists for some yeah. reason or other. Well, she's a good-looking girl. She's modeling, and she's the daughter of. Yeah, uh, but she's uh, like they pass her, you know, that like they kiss her and go on. I don't understand what she's doing wrong. Uh, Cindy <laughs> Crawford and Randy Gerber's kid. Randy Gerber and Cindy have a ton of dough. They got the big house in Malibu. They got uh, that. She's a model. I mean, this guy's dumping her. Give me a break. Well, look, that Pete work? Davidson said, okay, uh, you uh, know, there's a lot of guys on that list. You know, I always hear Kaya Gerber's name come up when you start stringing together some of these mm. names. Well, yet, she's a young kid. Picks. She's a young kid, and she should be dating. But I just don't, if I, if I was a young man dating, and, I, and she was uh, giving me some attention, I'd be like, <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You think it should always last, but it doesn't. I mean, and I'm sure, I mean, I actually met her years ago when she was a kid. And uh, she was lovely. I don't know what their problem is, these guys. I think they're just too good looking or something. But uh, <clears throat> the but Jacob Elordi is with Olivia Jade, the girl who got into college by pretending she was a rower. So she's living her best life, you know. Well, they did kick her off Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> because the people, because the people didn't couldn't stand for it. They didn't. They couldn't accept her winning. But I Jacob Elardi, he's right in there. He's in there. He's dating her. That's a famous <clears throat> person update. I did watch the Kennedy Center Honors, and I got to tell you, it was sort of nice to see the, that happening again. Yeah, like when Trump was president, no no people of prominence, except for Rush Limbaugh getting the Medal of Honor, which was an insult to this country. I mean, no, I mean, even if you like Rush Limbaugh, really, the Medal of Freedom, one of the highest, that's for military people, not for Rush Limbaugh. It was well, there insult. have to be civilian awards, but he didn't deserve one of those either. No. It's like giving me the Medal of Freedom. I mean, what are you, high? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? I mean, I'm entertaining, but I, I hardly deserve the Medal of Freedom. But, um, you know, some guy got his foot blown off in Afghanistan. Give him all the medals you can, because that's a brave man. Rush Limbaugh is just, you know, you know big fatso with a microphone. No, 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 nothing to see there. And and God bless him, you know, uh, big uh, audience, whatever you want to say, but no Medal of Freedom. Come on, come on, it's an insult. So they brought back the Kennedy Center Honors. This is where they have celebrities who have accomplished something in their life, people like Joni Mitchell, and she sits there with the president, and they 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 reward her with performances of her music, and it's kind of fun to see the president sitting there to see Washington in show business merging the one thing i gotta say 
And J.D. pointed this out, and I can't agree more. That fucking medal that they give the Kennedy Center Honor, it's a weird-ass medal. Well, I've saw, never noticed it. What is weird about it? Well, it's weird. It it, it doesn't hang right. It, it like it's, it, it it like comes down, and then it turns in. It looks like it, it's wild. It, it look at it. it. It's got like a V or something. It's a weird shape. It looks weird huh. to me. The metal. It's not a very good metal. The ribbon. You would reject it just on looks alone. <laughs> yes. Because well, David Letterman came out, he introduced uh, something for Lorne Michaels. or And, uh, what, J.D., what is it about the metal? How do I describe it over radio? I wish I, you know, I can't show a picture of it, but it's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's almost weird. like it's it, the, the ribbon. It just looks like a necklace. And then there's like little a rainbow like thing necklace. And there's like three sort of like metal. I guess they're metal. I don't know. But they almost look like name tags, <laughs> you know, placed on there. And it's just like, this is supposed to be a high honor. Like, I've seen people with half marathon medals uh, have a better, cooler looking award. So, I know. I really do. You know, I can't believe I, this is the first time I've ever asked JD to help me with a description of something. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I thought this was yeah. rather novel. The ribbons but, you uh, get for the for running the half marathon are nicer than this medal. It's just a very yeah. unusual medal. And it's the ribbon. It's I yeah, now it see it's like, like a rainbow ribbon. But yeah, but, but look <laughs> at the shape of the ribbon. It doesn't even and hang right. Like it, do, it doesn't go straight down to a V. It goes out and then V's. Yeah, and it's I don't a bit know much. how they make it do that, but I guess they yeah. have these weights in it or something. Yeah, it looks like a valedictorian. They look like they're a valedictorian of uh, you know a graduating class or something. Anyway, and they can clash with your outfit. All those colors. I mean, they're really exactly. not thinking this through. J.D. also mentioned to me that he liked, quote-unquote, um, Scarlett Johansson's tit dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, she was the best-dressed uh, 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 female there. So, yes, and her dress. Uh, uh, was Barry, Barry, Gordy, Barry Gordy was, uh, uh, you know, honored. Lorne Mike, Barry Gordy, the guy who started Motown Records. Lorne Michaels, Saturday Night Live. Bette Midler, of course. Joni Mitchell. And then some opera dude, uh, who I yeah. never heard of, Justino, yeah, opera dude. I thought, yeah, I thought it was Adam Sandler, opera dude. Uh, it was Justino. It was Justino Diaz. I don't know. Ever, everyone was wearing masks throughout the whole thing, except this guy. That guy had his mask down the whole time during his uh, honor. He was like crying and everything. It was, it was yeah, very odd. It, First of all, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody cared about this guy. It was like, please, I fast forwarded through him, honestly. I don't want to sit there and fucking even spend 10 seconds on him. And then you're right. They, he pulled down his mask so he could enjoy his performances. I and, hope and you he notice, wasn't near the president. No, no. He, 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 nobody wanted to be near this guy. And, um, <laughs> and then I noticed when they panned the audience... There were people, they, they have this move. They pull the mask down below their nose. I know. Like, like they've now decided that that's safe. They're stupid. And why did they, and then some people would pull the mask down to their chin. And why? Because they needed to sing along with the Joni Mitchell songs. <laughs> uh, like when Brandy Carlisle was singing. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Obnoxious assholes. Yeah, they need to <laughs> sing along and show everyone that they know the words. God forbid you sing with your mask on, then no one will know you know the words. I hate people.
<laughs> I hate people who sit in an audience and sing along. I hate I people hate who that. have to take off their mask to do it. <laughs> yeah, so people could see that they know the words. You know what? You're not Joni Mitchell. You're not the. You're not Brandy Carlisle. You're an asshole in the audience. Shut your mouth. Well, again, we have heard from the uh, the uh, artists themselves that they like the no. interaction. Good for them. I didn't, I, I'm not paying the money. The I'm paying money. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was nice to see the Kennedy Center Honors. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, you know, the Joni Mitchell tributes were pretty good. The Bette Midler tributes were good. The Lorne Michaels stuff was good, too, from Saturday Night Live. J.D. But, thought but that. Justino, whatever, you'd ever didn't no. listen to a thing anybody had to I, say about him. I, I really, I know it sounds boorish, but I just hate opera music so much. It's just nonsense. It's not music. It doesn't move it. It's like... <laughs> 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 to see except for that part lore michaels <laughs> a lot of people came out told jokes jd yeah, thought I, it was wrong that they had three different weekend update segments i liked it i thought i thought uh there was some good jokes there steve martin had some good jokes i liked there it. were good there were good jokes but they could have done all those in one single weekend update thing i mean there have been other sketches and stuff going on with us now yeah but they wanted to bring out other what are you gonna do you got yeah, bring out the, the, to do their characters. You know, you, you don't have to listen. I love Amy Poehler and uh, and whoever else, but you know, uh, but it's a good. It was good. They told jokes. All right, I know. You're wrong. But, You're, wrong. Okay. You're wrong. All right. It was good. Okay, it was good. It, it was wasn't a good tribute. For JD. Okay. Right. right. Instead of just the same old clips, we saw. You know, no, I I know comedy. they could have done. They could have extend. You know, they could have had all the weekend update people on all at once, and they all do a joke. They could have done ah. that. All right, there you go. And then, There's an idea. And then they show nobody contacted you, JD, about how to set up this show. You know what? You're not you, you're not off on that. That would have been fun to see everyone who ever uh, did weekend update yeah. doing have the jokes. Have, have a big old desk. <laughs> that would have been good. And Norm Macdonald would have been absent. Uh, no, they bring out his body. <laughs> they wheel oh. him out. <laughs> have somebody do an impression or a hologram. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, get our Sydney Portier. I didn't do an impression of Norm. 
I got some good TV news. Beavis and Butthead are coming back, except they're really? old dudes now. Yeah, they've grown up, and they're in. Uh, uh, what would Beavis and Butthead be like as a? I'm excited about Yay. it. Mike, Mike Judge released uh, cartoon drawings of them as old men. <laughs> it's yeah? pretty funny. Yeah, because uh, Beavis is still. I mean, Butthead is still wearing um, like the shorts. It's just, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see those little drawings? It's like a drawing. I can't really yeah. make out yeah, you what can't make doing. that doing. I'll have to look it up later. Because I love Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So that's going on. Let's go to Bob. Bob in Wisconsin is out there. Yeah, what Bob. we haven't talked you know. about is Dexter. Wait a minute you for know. a second. I've been meaning to ask you, have you been watching Dexter's yes. New Blood? Yes. And what did you think? I'm only up to episode three, and I really like it. Okay, because I really I, I didn't want to like it, and I do. Me I neither. Love it. It's fabulous. That guy who yeah. plays Dexter is great. All the killing is great. Everything is great. Yeah, I like uh, it. Hey, Bob, what up? Hey, how how are you doing today? <clears throat> I'm fine. Good. Uh, I, hey, I, w- I w- wanted to. I just wanted to thank you and Robin for uh, encouraging so many to get the vaccination. In my profession, and I realize it's an unlikely profession to call into your show. Um, there's a lot of opposing voices, and I decided to get my vaccination a, a couple months ago, and you were the catalyst for that. What is your profession? I am a pastor. <laughs> I figured. Well, and, let me tell you, you know, something. It, You're a smart man. I know people who still are not vaccinated, and they're playing with fire. Now, anyone I know, and COVID's everywhere, anyone I know who's vaccinated hasn't had to go to the hospital. They've, um, they've, yeah. they've, you know, they've, had, they've weathered they've, sure. it with uh, little impact. Well, and yeah. the thing is, is my, my wife, my wife is a NICU nurse and, um, and I live an hour from the storm that is Green Bay Packers and all of that stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers and stuff. And, um, you know, being a pastor, you're, you're pegged as, uh, and, and there's a strong group that pegs you as, you know, Trump supporter, all that, blah, blah, blah. And it uh, really is uh, was something I wrestled with early on, but you pushed me, and um, I just wanted to say I'm grateful for that. My family's vaccinated. Good. What do you what, right. uh, Six Only 62% of the country is fully vaccinated, which is so bizarre to me. I can't even describe to you. But what is it that would have prevented you in the beginning? Like, like what did you think? The government was out to get you, or what, what, what was going through your head that you waited so long? Uh you know, the, the, honestly, and I and I realize it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, there's no excuse really, but um, it's it's my upbringing. It was uh, things ingrained in my head. Uh, you know, the people peg you one certain way, and, uh, and and there was a little uncertainty. It was all new and stuff, but um, you know, it just really we were hemming and hawing about it. And finally, I just told my wife when she got home from work and said, "You know what? I made the appointment. I'm going in. My dad got it. He boosted." And uh, it's um, it's just something that we need to do, and we did. I know a guy. You got to hear this. I know a guy. He's vaccinated and boosted, but he's anti-vax. He's done all the research. Research meaning he's gone on some bullshit websites that you know. And he told his wife not to get vaccinated. And so he's he, protected, he, and his wife is yeah, not. And he goes, he goes. If it was me, I wish I'd never gotten vaccinated. He goes, I'm reading too go. much about it. But he's right. he's all vaxxed yeah. up. <laughs> now, Bob, the, qu- the question like, for you as a pastor is: Would Jesus have gotten vaccinated? And the answer is, for me, yes, Jesus would have been vaccinated. Yeah, you know, I and I 
you know, the, the thing is, is, in your profession, you get, you know, radio DJ, you get pegged as, uh, you get grouped in with all these other people, maybe not these days, but as a pastor, I get grouped in with Pat Robertson and stuff like that and Greg right. Locke and all these other ones, and it's like, that's not who we are, that's not who I am, and, Good. you know, it's... Uh, it's one of those things you got to look at and be like, man, those people are off their rocker. Well, here's you the question, get, though, Bob. Will you tell your yeah. flock, will you tell your flock to get the vaccine? Or will you be afraid well, to tell you. them? Uh, I, I'm glad you asked that because I finally made it known that I did get my vaccination and I lost people, you know, to it because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now a Biden supporter or whatever, they, you know, all sorts of stupid arguments. So I did tell them and, um, you know, people that uh, ask it, that I just simply say, yeah, I'm vaccinated and I think it's a good a good move. You know, the fact is, I mean, all your Fox News hosts, they're vaccinated. But of course, um, and that stuff, Fox they're, won't they're even let you into it. the building without being vaccinated. Uh, right. That's the thing. Right. They, they, so, it's mandatory you get vaccinated. There's no nonsense. I hardly believe you know, and then we got those the fuckheads on the on the Supreme Court now who are going to sit there and not, and be against vaccine mandates. The whole country's fucked. Do you know I was reading non- today that in eight states they um, have banned mask mandates? Yeah, for this schools. This is the insanity. So yeah. yeah, this is the insanity. Oh, and, there, and there's and there's churches all over that say, you know, we live by faith and uh, take off your mask. Or you're not allowed. I wouldn't even step foot in a church like that. No, you have will. to do we'll, we'll Zoom. We'll be dancing with snakes next week. Right. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, Bob, you should listen to this. I'm going to have Chris Wilding come on. I'm going to, and you should listen how, um, how it can end really badly when you don't get vaccinated. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, Chris, do that package we've been sitting on. This is, uh, this is basically just a bunch of assholes who were preaching against the vaccine and then dropped yeah. dead. I love stories like this. I mean, um, yeah. I don't want to see anyone die. I'd like to see everybody be safe. But Jesus well, Christ, when you're out there. A 49-year-old woman died this weekend who was anti-vax and had not been vaccinated. Yeah, we got a bunch of them. We're gonna, run through it quick, Chris. Give me yeah, a couple of a, tapes to play. I got a bunch of idiots here. And the problem with these people was not only did they not believe in the vaccine, but they were spreading this to their right. to their flock, quote-unquote. Like this guy, Marcus Lamb. I never heard of this guy, but apparently he's a big televangelist. And it's him and his wife. The whole family's into it. And they go on. They have a television show. They have a whole online network. And they say horrible things about the vaccine. They spread COVID misinformation. Here's an example of a clip. This is uh, from their Daystar television network back in July of 2021. This guy gets on, him and his wife, they're bashing Biden, they're calling people idiots for wanting to vaccinate their children. Listen to this. Just as I was listening to one of the more conservative news outlets on the way into work today, they were given a narrative that kids need to be vaccinated and there's not enough people. And Well, they're idiots. And Biden got up and said, if we have to go door to door. Why can government think they can just start coming to us and be so intrusive and try to tell us what to do over something that's not been uh, approved even by the FDA? Right. What boggles my mind is how many people have been injured, but you don't hear one of these stories on these news outlets. And there are thousands, ladies and gentlemen, thousands of adverse effects that are not being talked about and thousands of people that have died. You imagine if uh, during polio we had this kind of bullshit going on? We'd never get rid of it. We, we're done with polio. Of nipping it in the bud. Yeah. yeah. We've they, just that, let we, it go on too long now. We could have been they done with like COVID. 108 million people on this yep. network. Like a lot of people watch this. 
and their videos keep getting take off, taken off of YouTube, so they'll they'll put them on these uncensored sections of their website. Right. So what happened um, to these two Gavones? Are they alive or dead? Well, one of them one of them didn't uh, make it out so lucky. The husband. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I want you to hear what else they are up to. So they like to, a lot of these guys like to bring on experts, right? So-called doctors to give sort of credibility to the bullshit that they're spreading. So. They brought on this guy, called himself a nuclear cardiologist, doctor, whatever that is, Dr. Richard Fleming. A nuclear He comes on, he has a theory. What's that? Yeah, go ahead. He, what's his theory? He has a theory that you don't need the vaccine, really. You can take all these alternative forms of treatments. And also, he had a theory as to why blacks are catching COVID at a higher rate than whites. I'd never heard this before. And it turns out that the black people that were having more of the problem, it's not so much they were deficient in vitamin D. They have TMPRSS2, which is a cell receptor, and they have more of it in their nose than white people do. And that's why they were so susceptible. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. All right, let me just say, if you can't get some of this stuff, get some quercetin and some vitamin D and some zinc. Combine that together, and that will be very, very helpful. Build up that mm. immune system. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Fresh yeah. air, sunshine, exercise, good water, good fresh fruits yeah. and vegetables, and, and, and laugh, have fun. All these things will help you if you'll do it. Wow. Okay. So, nice okay, advice. what do you think happened the next? laughter treatment? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll uh, that helps. <laughs> well, that would have stopped polio, guy- too, I guess. <laughs> I guess this guy, Marcus Lamb, didn't laugh a lot because he had to be hospitalized when he caught COVID. So he goes to the hospital. He has COVID. Now, you'd think that would make the family who's now running the network wisen up a little bit. No. Right. His son goes on the next day. He goes on the television show. He goes, listen, my father got COVID, but it's only the result of a spiritual attack from the quote unquote enemy. And they're doing this because my father is spreading the truth about COVID. And then his daughter goes, well, I got a vision. Uh, it's uh, God told me daddy's going to get new lungs. So here's a clip of that. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a spiritual attack from the enemy. As much as my parents have gone on uh, here to kind of inform everyone about uh, everything going on in the pandemic and some of the ways to treat COVID. There's no doubt that the enemy is not happy about that. And he's doing everything he can to, to take down uh, my dad. But we are standing strong in prayer. And I'm, I'm so encouraged by what you heard yesterday from the Lord that Marcus would be getting a new lungs. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's so exciting. Like, uh, we, we will continue to stand on that, that God is doing a creative work in Marcus. Hmm. God's a busy well, man. Is Marcus the dad? Yeah. yeah Marcus is the father, the main guy who, who, who ran the network. And I say ran because I don't think God was very good at what he was doing with the lung transplant for Marcus because on November 30th, this is how Joni, his wife, opened the broadcast. This morning at 4 a.m., the Oops. president and founder of Daystar and the love of my life went to be with Jesus. Yeah. Oops. I'll tell you that he fought the good fight. He was, you know, he was diagnosed with COVID and then uh, got the COVID <laughs> pneumonia. But he had pre-existing conditions. He never talked about oh. that. But um, he had diabetes, but he kept it in check. He was yeah. very healthy. His heart just, just gave out, gave out right. and so they tried to resuscitate him, and he did not. I was for sure that he would. I definitely will have a talk with him in heaven one day about why he did not stay. So she never she never said, hey, if he had gotten the vaccine, he would have 
possibly live. No, 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 no. They did. They no. didn't back down. This lady has doubled down. So I will wow. tell you on a December twenty third, I believe it was broadcast. She brought on a doctor to basically justify and say, "Well, you know, we can't know exactly why your husband's heart gave out." You know, basically, if his lungs had cleared, if it wasn't for his heart, he would have been fine. And then she went on to say, I'm not going to recommend the vaccine to anyone. I think you should do your own research. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my yeah, God. Five. Uh. We were talking about exactly what happened to my sweetheart. And uh, when I told her about how the heart stopped, she said that would be called a cardiac event. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean exactly? So there could be many reasons why that could happen, and obviously we don't know the exact reason. Yeah. But uh, it just means the heart stops having the electrical impulses going to it, stops pumping the blood to the rest of the body. Yeah. And, of course, you, you need your heart to pump the blood to be yeah. able to live. Yeah. And hmm. so the fact that he was actually recovering in the chest, at the last checks at x-ray showed a lot of clearing in the top of the lungs. Mm -hmm. If that hadn't have happened, he, he very well could have recovered. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because <laughs> you get some people who email you and said, well, now are you going to tell everybody to go get the vaccine? No, I'm not going to tell everybody to go and get the vaccine. I'm going to tell people to do their research mm -hmm. and to make an informed research. decision. How many people you know are capable of doing any kind of research? Uh, my uh, well, husband. medical research especially. It might be one thing to go <laughs> yeah. read a history book, but to read about the human body and how it's put together and then figure out whether you should have a vaccine or not, I don't think anybody yeah. can do that in a short period of time. I, I would tell the people to do their research. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I trust my, <laughs> like name, my goes, research. Okay, I'm going to read yeah. about open heart surgery and do that too. <laughs> yeah, you should <laughs> so do your research. Telling me, you're telling my, me if my, my heart my, didn't my, stop. My, my, my husband <laughs> got COVID. Alive. My husband got COVID and then he died. But who's to say if these things are in any way related, which is essentially what she's saying. COVID stopped his heart. <laughs> well, you know, if she had done her research, she would know that COVID can attack any organ of the body. Anyone. Yeah. Well, my lover. Brain and the heart. My lover, Absolutely. man. God made him new lungs and then. Pulled a prank and turned off his heart, which is so stupid. <laughs> what is up with God? And God is he used just to get, playing games. He used to get on the air and tell people to pray, by the way, instead of getting the vaccine. And he said the vaccine would kill your immune system. So that's yeah. that's what he was up to. Very right. hard for me to feel sorry for a guy like that. Uh, God right. knows how many people he influenced to do the same. So, uh, well, I think that that's really sorry. little of you, Chris, that you should be the bigger man. I'm right. not the bigger man. These people are making it harder and harder for everyone. They're prolonging the got pandemic. There? They're killing people. I got this guy, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung Sr., another uh -huh. Christian nut, radio guy. A lot of these radio guys are very pro-COVID, it seems. Yeah. He's one of those big, fake, booming kind of radio, you know, style voices. Yeah. And he was a COVID conspiracy theorist. Uh, another guy, he loved bringing on experts to help spread the bullshit. So here he is. It's from a video he posted on Facebook interviewing some guy who's a politician, not even a doctor, named Sam Rohrer about COVID. And together they're talking about how the vaccine is going to be used as a form of government control, how it's really a gift from the devil. Here's a clip hmm. of that. Is it a viable possibility, Sam, that ultimately the government can make this a mandatory 
vaccine, and could this be another form of government control of the people? Hmm. Yes, it will be hmm. a measure of control. One leading pastor from Dallas, Texas, just yesterday came out and said that he believes that the vaccine is a present from God. Well, I'm going to say I look at it and I say that's more a present from the devil, perhaps, but it's not a present from God. Pastors, pastors, wake up, wake up. Thank you so much, Sam. Appreciate it. We'll have another conversation, I'm sure, about other issues down the road. Who is that guy? He's an expert. (laughs) Well, Robin, um, who I am is irrelevant. My huge balls will protect me from the COVID COVID virus. My Uh, giant dong. Yeah, yeah, I have huge balls. I have a good authority that this is a gift from the devil. (laughs) Because I have huge balls, I have superior knowledge. That's right. And my radio voice. My radio voice will protect me. <laughs> my isn't giant that right? taint and balls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, isn't it right, you pastors out there, that it is a gift from the devil and not God? <laughs> now, a lot of these, very important point. Uh. A lot of these pastors do not have big penis and balls, so they don't have protection or natural immunities, as we call it. I like well, that. Like that kind of logic's like, well, you know, I got into some legal problems. I'm being sued, but uh, I'm not going to get a lawyer so quick. I'm going to do my own research and see if well, I can figure this out. What about all the other medical intervention they seek? You know, whenever something else goes wrong, why is it okay to get that medical treatment? You be quiet over there. You don't have a deep, ballsy voice like me. <laughs> You know, I've people made talk talk. about. Mm. Mm. You know, when mm. people see me in public, I don't wear a mask. Mm. I put my balls over my face <laughs> and use them as a mask. Uh, each oh. ball covering my nose and mouth. That's how big oh. it is. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Maybe he had a small cock after all because he died. Um, no, he no, no, no. My hog- hairy nuts will filter out the COVID. <laughs> He was brought to the hospital on August 7th. Uh, he died of the virus eight days later. This gentleman was 81 years old. Yes. Uh, I don't know if he was, <laughs> I don't know if Big he was bald. vaccinated or not, but I'm assuming oh, he no. wasn't. So Fuck it. better luck next time. Right. And <laughs> are, there, are there a bunch of people sitting up in heaven now going, yes. what the fuck were we thinking? Why no did one we says take fuck. that vaccine? When you're in heaven, you don't say fuck. From oh, I'm sorry. You should know that. <laughs> so finally, right. there's this guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Wallace. He was a big organizer of these anti-mask, anti-COVID restriction yes. protests. He didn't have a very deep voice, though, unfortunately. Oh, so he that's was, why he, he was probably died. <laughs> he yeah. did. No yeah. protection you know, at all. Yeah, he had no protection if you don't have big balls. No protection. <laughs> My balls are in a museum now, so I can rest easy. They're, they were never buried with me. Yeah. He was a Texas guy. My balls are my balls are bigger than your balls. No doubt it. I doubt it. My cock and balls act as a mask with my hairy taint. <laughs> All right, so, so Caleb Wallace. Guy, uh, this guy used to go to these city council meetings and he would get up there and say all this shit about freedoms and not wearing a mask. So here's a clip of him uh, at, in San Angelo, Texas, speaking at one of these meetings. These socialist ideas are coming from California. We, like, I can't tell the difference between you or Governor Newsom. Mm. I can't tell the difference. 
Right. I can't tell the difference if I have freedom to breathe free air or breathe it behind, sucking air between, behind this thing. My health has nothing to do with you. It's not my job for your health, as harsh as that sounds, but our constitutional it fundamental rights protect that. I Fuck care more you. about freedom than I care about your personal health. The socialists in California. He Meanwhile, cares about freedom more than hit your health. Well, these guys His don't even know what socialism is. Yeah. They don't even know what socialism is. They all have medical insurance, of course. You know, and they, they all have wait for their social security to come. Uh, every uh, month. Yeah, and they they wow. they enjoy certain government benefits, but uh, but it's social is a bad thing, you know. Medicare, all that stuff. Yeah, right. He definitely cared about freedom more than his own health because that guy is dead. Uh, he was thirty <laughs> years old, August twenty <laughs> eighth. Yeah. He, well, he was a big fatso too. He died of COVID nineteen. Uh, his wife was pregnant at the time. She says he battled the virus uh, for weeks in the ICU. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe you should have worn a mask. Taking up hospital bed and and having a long, long hospital stay, overworking the staff, and making right. it impossible to treat other patients. Yes, she said that he, he would not. Like he got the virus, but would not go to a doctor because he was afraid if he tested positive, it would add to the COVID statistics in his area, and he didn't want to be part of that. His wife, I thought you said, said he, he turned to unproven home remedies like high doses of vitamin C, zinc, aspirin, and ivermectin. You know, the He never tried the bleach thing? See, that would have done it. That might have worked. You imagine the, the most transmissible respiratory virus they've, they've ever seen in, in humankind and you're treating it with aspirin. I mean, really? (laughs) Okay. Didn't work. Well, why take aspirin? Wasn't that something the scientists cooked up? The gift from the devil. Yeah, he didn't have big balls, did he? He didn't have big, giant tes- testicles <laughs> like me. He'd be mm-hmm. alive if he did. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> hey, Christine, you're on the air in New York. Christine. Good morning, Howard. The morning. problem with all the people screaming about the DOJ not moving fast enough and the misinformation on the GOP side is uh, it, lying is the point. Authoritarian governments do not tell the truth to their constituents, uh, and the more they lie and get people to follow them, that's the whole point. They don't want truth. They don't want accuracy. They want authoritarianism, and it's the same no, they, problem they, with They belittle the New York Times. They're lying. They're, all the news outlets are lying. All the, the president is lying. The FBI, you all the institutions are lying. all current authority, including yeah. the government. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. That's the whole point. They don't but want you, kind you to of believe think. the truth. And if they get to say what the truth is, they've got con- control over you. But you would think there would be enough brilliant, uh, not, not even brilliant, enough bright people who love freedom that they, they, they well, wouldn't buy into the lies. The other, problem. the other problem is that our media is based on ratings. So right. outrage creates a lot of clicks and views and asses in the seats. So if they can, it's pretty much why they spent decades vilifying Hillary Clinton, because whether or not it was true, it made for great ratings. And unfortunately, that kind of shit sticks. So that's what they're doing now. If they can keep you outraged about saying terrible things about Biden or the Democrats or the administration, they will keep your butt in the seat. And that's really all they care about. The media is not really interested in providing truth or a fourth estate. They are interested in making money. They're a business. 
Yeah, here's a guy who supports Trump. He's a supporter of Trump's. And on January 6th, he just denied the facts. Every fact, anything you saw on TV, he yeah. denied. Here you go. January 6th, I mean, the attack was not the Republicans nor Trump. It was the Democrats were behind it all. They're the ones that caused it all. Do you really believe that? Oh, I know it. And there is no way that a Republican would act that way. And there is no way that Trump had anything to do with what happened on January 6th. <laughs> well, what about all the Trump supporters that have been charged and indicted? <laughs> because it's all Democratic judges and people that were on the take from the Democrats. Mm, it's just, it's wild. It's like she yeah. just won't see it. You know, this well, is what that's you're why dealing I said, with. What difference does it make what Biden says in his speech? Because she doesn't believe a word he's saying. Yeah. Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. They well, what you hope truth. is, if Biden says it, then maybe you ju- what you're hoping for is that people who are sane will get fired up and say, yeah, we can't I forget. Think so. Yeah, you got to say think, something. I well, I just want you to know by he's the talking extremists. to the choir. He's not talking. It's, it's not well, going to change but the he's got to say it. Of people can't, like that. He can't. He can't pussyfoot around he's got to say the truth and keep repeating it and then say it as bluntly and as boldly as possible and i think he's speaking mostly to the people in the middle the extremists on both sides are the ones pushing incredibly insane falsehoods uh it's mostly the gop but yeah you mentioned the nutty socialists they're they're well i'll tell you here here's how nutty it is spreading falsehoods too (laughs) this laura ingram she's got something called the ingram angle Last week, she had Newt Gingrich on. He said Nancy Pelosi was the person most responsible for the insurrection. Now, I mean, this is Newt Gingrich. This guy used to actually He used to be relevant. in that house. Yeah. 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 He, was, he yeah. was there. Nancy Pelosi is responsible for the insurrection. Okay. So he can't win this argument. All right, Christine, thank you. It's very frustrating. It's very horrible. And uh, I don't know what's going to be. I hope the country survives. Now. It's already what time? I got ten nineteen on the uh, on Mr. Clock. Oh, we gotta go. Hi. We gotta go. We gotta go. It's very late for you. You have your regimen and routine. You must stick to Robin. So do I. <laughs> Don't throw me off. Look at JD. He got yep. thrown off his schedule, and now he can't do his sit up. Yep, that's it. Never return to it. <laughs> All right. Schedule's very important. We'll see you tomorrow.